And good evening, good evening, and welcome back to another week of the Soul Citizens. And I am Griffin Gaming RPG, and uh, I am here today with uh, another illustrious group of Star Citizen backers to talk a little bit about uh, Star Citizen. And uh, we want to say hey to those who are here already. Yo, the fast card who's kicking us off. Fist to face, what's up? And Jay, 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 Jay's my partner. Good to see all of you all here today. Um, we uh, actually have a very special guest who is joining us today. This is a friend that I've known for some time now uh, from Vector27 and also got a chance to work with him as one of the co-producers of Channel 27 News. And that would be Mr. JT Smiling Viking. What's up, J2? J2 kind of stepped in at the last minute for me and I really appreciate the fact that you found time to hang out with us today. Uh, so thanks for coming, man. Oh, anytime, man. I'm I'm happy to be here. Awesome, awesome. And next to him, we have the man himself from Florida who is paying attention to his football game or sports game instead of the show, Mr. Colossal. Don't believe the word he said. I was paying attention to every last word, including the screen drowning out like it always does for me. Hello, everybody. It's good to see you guys. How you doing, Cliff? How you doing, Unique? How you doing, J2? Raytheon, good to be here on another Sunday. Raytheon, don't get him started. Don't get him started, please. What? Okay. Look at chat. There you go. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, he recognized. God. They recognize. Thank you so much. I appreciate the love. And last but not least, one and the only unique himself, unique, very unique person. How, to, how Glad to have you back, buddy. Hey, what up, everybody? I just want everyone to know that Colossal's smiling on the outside, but he's frowning on the inside <laughs> because the USA just got eliminated from the Tokyo Olympics, and Ooh. now he's got a cash in his Olympic tickets. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's mumbling. Yeah, you must be right. He doesn't sound too go. happy. Can't go. He doesn't sound too happy. Well, again, thank you guys for stopping by. Space Clown, good to see you. Oh, yeah, Michigan. <laughs> All right. It's good to see you guys here today. Uh, we've got I'm a... I want to ask the Space Clown like right now. come along. <laughs> well, we are going to um, talk about this week's show. We have an interesting topic, as you guys can see from our wonderful graphic. Balance in the verse. The yin and the yang. Uh, Colossal, would you mind telling folks what the yin and yang is? If you can just kind of elaborate in a very brief way, what's yin and yang? I guess the yin and yang, what is the good and the bad, right? The opposites of each other, right? Mm -hmm. is, that, is that the case? Does yeah. That's the Asian folklore. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Unique, you got a definition of yin and yang as far as you understand it? Uh, well, yeah, a little bit. Um, it's the balance of the universe so that uh, different forces pull and push each other around and mm -hmm. so that they stay in perfect harmony. Mm -hmm. I like that definition. Perfect harmony. J2, what about you? You got anything for yin and yang? Uh, yin and yang is opposing forces, whether it's dark and light, um, gravity or anti-gravity, mm -hmm. um, you know, two, two forces that are opposite one another. Yep. Those are all good definitions. And that's what we're going to be talking about in relation to uh, star citizen. Um, as you guys know, being an alpha, uh, we are definitely not in balance. There is stuff all over the place. Excuse me one second. Hey guys, can you tone it down a little? Yin and juice. That's a yin and yang I like a lot. Yeah, there, there's a, yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, there's a lot of stuff that is not balanced and we know this already because the game is in development, but we also know that they're moving toward it. And there's some things in the game where they have tried to implement um, certain things that kind of give us an idea of what the game will be like and what the balance will be like. Um, as you guys know this week, 
uh, there was a post that went up in relation to PVP. And this isn't the first time that the subject of PV PVP has come up in relation to Star Citizen. Um, you know, whether or not there's too uh, too much, um, uh, uh, what do they call it? They called it uh, excessive uh, attacking other players, whether it's, you know, whether it's gameplay, whether it's PVPing, whether it's griefing. I mean, there's all these different terms of what's going on in the game. And we can talk about that a little bit, but we do know that right now there the, that there's a lot of things that aren't balanced. Everything from game mechanics to actual the ships to... Uh, the weapons we use, the food, a whole lot of stuff isn't there yet. So, uh, so what we're going to do, gang, is we're going to be taking these topic by topic and talking about subtopics underneath it. And then we're going to kind of hopefully get comments from you. We really want you all to put stuff in the chat because we're going to be kind of feeding off of your ideas and suggestions as well. Um, so be, be prepared. That's all I want to tell you is be prepared. Um, also, later on in the show, we're going to hopefully have a guest that's going to come on uh, to the show and talk to us about uh, a special fundraiser that's being done uh, by charitable citizens on behalf of um, one of, the, well, I'll just let them talk about what the charity is going to be, but it's going to be uh, a charity that you're very familiar with. And hopefully we're going to raise some money for them as well. And we want to make sure that when we do that, any money that's raised goes to their GoFundMe page. So it won't come into subscriptions. If you want to subscribe, that's fine, but we really want to work toward the charity today. So hold on to your, your bucks for right now, about maybe halfway, about maybe in a half hour, we hopefully will be able to talk about it and give you guys some insight. And then you can decide which way you want to uh, contribute your money. If those of you who want to give today. Um, so let's jump right into it. Um, let's see, uh, again, balance of the verse. And our very first topic for our panelists today is uh, dealing with players and NPCs. And J2, I guess I'll start out with you being the guest today. Uh, do you have any feelings in relation to um, what, what CIG has told us that the ratio uh, in the game will be uh, nine to one in relation to NPCs versus human players? And if you want to kind of reference how that looks, how that's supposed to look and maybe other games that have had NPCs involvement that you may have played, uh, even this week we saw um, a tour uh, in Elite Dangerous for Odyssey, where they showed NPCs and, inter inter and interacting with them. But uh, any thoughts you got in relation to that ratio? Do you think it's a good ratio? Uh, you think it's an impossible ratio? What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I haven't seen any of the Elite Dangerous stuff. Okay. I've been trying to stay away from that. Mm -hmm. um, I avoid Elite Dangerous about uh, as like I avoid Origin. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. You're not going to get me going. Go ahead. <laughs> um, as far as the 90, you know, the nine to one NPC to player balance goes, I mean, we haven't seen it yet. So we don't really know. Mm -hmm. um, that is going to be um, my response to a lot of the things that come up tonight is simply that there is still so many pieces of the puzzle missing that balance for a lot of this stuff is just impossible at this stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm very curious as to see, you know, why they picked that, you know, that ratio, you know what I mean? Cause it, you know, cause it's five mm -hmm. to one, seven to one or whatever you're right. And until we kind of get a little bit deeper into it, we really won't know why that was the number that they maybe thought was the, I don't want to say the perfect number, but it's definitely the number that they've been touting for, for quite some time. Black Raven for you. Thank you for the follow in, I said, oh, Obamamus, 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 thank you also for the follow as well. We appreciate that. Uh, Colossal, let me jump to you. Uh, any, any relation to NPC versus uh, player ratios in the game? Well, first of all, PVP means not enough gameplay. 
Okay. I mean, it's just that simple. I mean, and so now let's go back to your question mm-hmm. in terms of the nine to one. Well, I mean, it'd be nice. I don't know what that's what that is going to look like in game, just like J two said. But um, because there's not enough gameplay, would result to people doing stupid things in the verse. The PvP is always loud, by the way. It's the loud minority. And um, but if we can get that many NPCs to where they can go ahead and I mean they can do a lot of things, issue out quests. Um, we got a new reputation system going on. I mean, maybe that would help enhance that. Um, but you would, uh, it's, we got a lot to see. Um, I mean, I guess everything's going to sprawl off of Squadron 42 before we start seeing anything else happening. And I, I guess my whole thing is, you know, I, there's a, a side question. that's like, why do we have to wait for Squadron 42 to start seeing some of these things? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just a side question, another topic for another day. But uh, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how that can affect the game. Okay. Okay. Um, let me throw a different question to you, Unique, because I know you are a player who's played uh, MMOs such as um, uh, ESO, for example, uh, Elder Scrolls Online. And when you're going through ESO, you run into not only a main, you know, character mission that you do, a main story, but then there's also these NPCs that are in various locations that have different things. Do you think that Star Citizen will kind of, will that be a way that these won't just be, you know, people standing around, but that they'll actually have some type of interaction? Uh, I do. I think uh, the goal of Star Citizen is to have the NPCs moving around unlike they do now. Um, and if you talk to them, you approach them that they'll have some level of backstory kind of things to do, as well as the possibility of stumbling across uh, through the randomness some other things or something that might help one or two of the missions that you're already on. Um, so just sort of milligram talking to people, I think it'll tie into your reputation mm-hmm. that, Hey, he's just a nice guy. Or if you don't talk to him, you get possibly a little bit of reputation, a standoffish or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Hey, some lady needed directions and you gave her directions to some place. So you're helpful or things like that. So that's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think from the ratio aspect, the nine to one, that really is 10 counting yourself mm-hmm. and with 15 players on a server that's like 500 total live people walking around if the npcs can get to that level of live people so that's Mm -hmm. a lot um if they actually do something i mean i remember jumping on and there were npcs four of them standing on chairs side by side Mm -hmm. they weren't moving so i ran up to them and pushed them to see if i could get them to move or something and then they started to shimmer and I noticed there were more stacked on top of each other. There was up to four NPCs stacked on top of each other. So there was like 12, 16 NPCs sitting right there, standing on chairs, doing nothing. Right. So they've got a lot of work to do on that. Yeah. Um, I, I know the other day I went into the game and I logged in a new Babbage. And as I was going through, I was stunned because every NPC was moving and doing something. I didn't get that typical, like you said, a few of them that are standing around or look, I mean, literally everybody I went past for the first time, and I can't remember how long, was was traversing, going somewhere, getting up, moving, whatever. And I was like, wow, if this ever gets just to stay like this, it would be amazing. Just, you know, even without the missions, like you said, but just the fact to see it start working the way it's supposed to, because I think we have kind of gotten, you know, a little cynical, cynical about it because we're just used to seeing these lines and rows sometimes of folks standing up sometimes you go into a whole area and nobody's moving uh and you kind of feel like you're just surrounded by mannequins raymar said something here that talked about the npc supposedly having life 
Uh, and I think what he's talking about is that um, uh, Tony Z talked about a life cycle for these NPCs. Not that they'll just always be standing there, but I think you kind of alluded to this a little bit unique. The fact that we will start seeing, maybe you'll come back one point in a certain time of day, that NPC is not there anymore. Or maybe when a mission has expired, you know, when you want to go back and talk to that NPC, somebody else took it and they're not there. I would like to see that level of integration, you know, in the game uh, with the NPCs. Um, and again, as far as the nine to one ratio, we'll find out what the magic is of that, but that was a good way of putting it unique 500, you know, and it's only 50 of us. That's a lot of NPCs roaming. Um, let me jump into careers. Uh, let me start with you colossal on this one. As far as balance in the verse right now, do you feel CIG has some good balance when it comes to careers? Or do you think there's more that, that needs to be explored in order for, to keep, you know, player interaction, even keeping players playing the game? Well, what are the careers? I mean, no, as a, at the current state in the game, no, nowhere near it. Um, and that's obviously because of where the game is right now. I mean, the only thing that's being focused in on right now that we're seeing videos on are the medical aspects of the game, right? Um, I mean, we do have some, we do have missions, but, and with uh, 3.13 coming around the corner, you'll get the reputation system that could lead to something like that, you know? What about, um, what about the proposed careers? Let me, let me, let me, I know there aren't. Right, so let's now, get let's to look that. The proposed careers. Okay. Mining, whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? Yeah, not enough. Okay. Um, I mean, if you're talking, you're talking about mining, you're talking about bounty hunting, you're talking about, uh, exp um, you're talking about. Salvage. Uh, salvage, you're talking medical. about transportation, you're talking mm -hmm. about medical. Um, I mean, I've seen games with 24 careers or 12 careers a plus. Mm -hmm. um, I would have to literally look down and see of each one to see if they have a significant uh, branch. Um, and then how are you going to do those careers? You know, are you, you said you didn't want to put any types of skills in it in terms of a skill tree. Mm -hmm. So now you got to go ahead. Now you got to have the aspect of, you know, your gameplay. Is the player good? Uh, you know, where can you learn certain things? Do you have to go to a different planet in order to get this, mm. you know? Um, do you have to be able to read a book to, uh, to, to, uh, to learn how to speak that language? <laughs> is that book on a, is that book on a certain planet in a certain library, mm. you know, things like that. So, um, I mean, they got a long ways to go as far as really being consistent, uh, and a little bit more thorough about the types of careers that they, that they would like to, uh, hash out in the game. Okay. Unique, I, I just realized I have the wrong title on the show, so I'm going to change that while I ask Unique this question. Unique, if there was a career that you felt um, needs to come into the game, is there anyone either that you feel needs to come to the game or something that you would like to see come into the game? Hmm. That is a really good question. He always asks me these tough ones. Career, career. Well, I know they got the cops going and they've got medical... Mm. Mining. Uh, I don't know. It seems like they got them all covered that I can think of mm -hmm. uh, as long as they all come. Um, I think they started out with FPS and Warriors because that's sort of the premise of the whole thing. And you got to go out and fight the Van Duel 24-7 and things mm -hmm. spur off of that. So uh, maybe the career of being some sort of... Uh, I mean, they kind of allude to black market kind of thing, but mm -hmm. maybe... Other than choosing to buy and sell in the black market, it could you could have a bigger role in the actual market across multiple solar systems or something. Yeah, like you become the man for that. 
black market space. I, I was going to say, I don't think that we've ever really, they've ever defined like for smuggling, for example. Yeah. Right. I don't think they've ever really defined that. I mean, I know we've, we've talked about mercenary stuff and everything else, but now that we've talked about the smuggling bays, but I don't think that there's ever been a real heavy discussion about, like you said, doing black market work, you know, smuggling type stuff, the, you know, Han Solo kind of thing. Um, Other things seem to be things you can do, but it's not necessarily defined out as a hardcore career. Mm, okay. Okay. You know? Yeah. J2, what about you? Anything that you think that could be added or you would like to see come into the game to bring some balance? Uh, I think currently we need the medical uh, the medical systems to come in game, mm -hmm. the medical profession. I think that's what's going to have the most impact currently on what we're doing. Um, what I'd like to see, I'd like to see repair and salvage in game. Mm -hmm. And even beyond that, I, I would like to know more and hear more about what they have planned for crafting and player manufacturing. Mm. Yeah, because there's hey, been very little conversation on that. Go ahead, Colossal, what were you going to say? Hey, Griff, did you see that question that Tessera Sara said? Um, uh, as, um, as someone who is tired of seeing only mining worked on, do y'all think that the career pipeline is being well-developed by developing mining such that future careers will arise and uh, iterate such uh, much faster in the future? Um, I, I thought that was a great question mm -hmm. that he asked. I mean, there are... Uh, uh, Tessera, there's a lot of things about mining that even uh, that they said it's not even a game yet. I believe we saw things like that big old spider type mining thingamajig that, that mm -hmm. we saw pictures of and things like that. I don't know if that's true or not, but we did see pictures of that. Um, um, you know, I, I for one am not tired of the mining yet. I can see your point because they just started throwing these mining in in, in the last, what, what, two, three years now? Prior to that, you had nothing, right? About at least in the last four or five years ago. Um, but I do see mining extending to other operations such as base building that we still haven't gotten. We still haven't seen the pioneer yet. Um, and the resources that are going to be needed from mining to help develop those components or those cargo units or things like that. So there's going to be a lot of things that's going to, uh, I think they got a lot of things down the pipeline that we're just not aware of yet that they have, um, that either they're working on or have worked on and just hasn't even teased us with it yet that we'll start to see a trickle down of a lot of these careers start to form. Mm -hmm. and, and to your point, Colossal, I think that, uh, and I get what you're saying, uh, Surasawa, about the frustration that it seems like so much emphasis. I honestly thought that once we got consumables, that they were gonna start wrapping it up and move on. And then next thing you know, this new thing with subcomponents came up, right? And it was another new piece to another, talking about another version, if I'm not mistaken, of the rock that might come out. But, but here's the point that Colossal touched on. And I know this may seem really weird, but when you think about it, everything in star citizen everything starts at mining and i know that sounds really crazy but the resources for repairing your ships any clothing everything is going to stem out of some type of raw material that has to be pulled now of course that doesn't mean that they have to exhaust the mining career but i do think it's allowing them to kind of get that in place so that like colossal said when these other careers start to come in the base for them or the foundation for them is in place. Not only does the mining provide those raw, the, the raw materials provide actual material, but they drive the economy. And if we want to see quanta come in, then you got to have something to buy you got to have something that you want to sell. And if it's being started at the very, you know, grassroots level of sense of, you know, the raw materials and working its way up so that when people want to have a crucible or whatever else it is they're using, 
then it kind of makes sense why maybe mining was the first thing they started with. That's mind you, that's my opinion, but I'm just saying when I look at the scope of it, it seems like that might be why that is where they started versus some other, you know, other career. Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll wrap on that with careers. Um, did, we, did I hit everybody? I did, right? Did I get everybody on careers? Yeah, I got everybody. Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. Um, aliens. <laughs> uh, unique. I'm going to come to you first. Uh, do we need more? I mean, there's 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 three or four that we've been told of. We've been told of the uh, the Xi'an. We've been told of the Vanduul. We've been told of the Banu. We've been told of the uh, the uh, was the 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 uh, what's the flying ones? The avian ones. Um, Tavarin. Thank you. Tavarin and the and the Kurthak and the Kurthak, right? Yeah. So I, I, obviously, I mean, it's a big universe, right? Uh, unique. What what kind of aliens would you like to see come into the game? And I'm talking about like intelligent, to see, intelligent. I'm talking about intelligence now. I'm not talking about creatures, aliens. I'd like to see one. Okay. We have none. Okay. <laughs> okay. So they, they've outlined six mm-hmm. and we've seen none, like mm-hmm. get something in the game. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fine that we progress through and they've already outlined six, which is plenty to get the game started. That could be 20 to 50 solar systems, maybe even the first hundred, mm. right? In the general area that you can mm. go and then worry about expanding past those 50 or 100 solar systems with a new or two new uh, species that you have. Because, I mean, think about all the space we currently have as right. humans on this planet. You've seen no aliens as far as we've sent things probing out or whatever. So mm-hmm. how many do you need in 20 solar systems, really? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I would just like to see just a couple in there. Okay. J2, how about you? Is there any uh, one out of the six that we have already you'd like to see come in first? And if not, uh, what, what type? If you were just trying to pick something that you think would be interesting in the game. Um, out of the six that we have, I kind of I, I like the Tavarin. The Tavarin are cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I like their whole uh, samurai bird aesthetic type <laughs> deal. It speaks to me. Um, aside from that, I think the six we have are a pretty good jumping off point. Uh, you know, uh, of course, in the future, distant future, you know, seeing others would be nice. But for now, we got a good uh, roundabout. I think what I'd really like to see is more alien. Um, wildlife mm. and creatures i'd like to see creatures really get into the game okay okay colossal what about uh, you too, ba- too bad the tavarn sovereignty has been disbanded because <laughs> they've been absorbed in the UEE. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh i mean I, I agree with j2 i mean uh, that's interesting i've always been a huge banu fan huge banu you see my little in bm um bmm in the back um, uh, so I've always been, cause I've always been a trader. I love what they have in terms of dealing with that. Um, I mean, I see some other races that they have from other planets that are in developing that could be like the Orm or the, uh, Ocean, mm-hmm. the Osoian and the, the forest apes or things like that. These are things that could be coming around or what have you. Some things extinct, some things not, uh, uh, lost. Maybe, I mean, I know they said several years ago that they're not trying to push the aliens in yet uh, when Star Citizen first comes out, maybe at, at the several iterations or what have you. But um, they, uh, it'd be nice. I mean, I, heck, I, I said it earlier. Um, how about the, let's start with the penguins. 
didn't they throw out those penguins, those little, little plush dolls they th <laughs> threw out? Why don't you go ahead and put them in there first and, um, and have them walk around Microtech like little Jawas? I mean, it'd be fantastic to go <laughs> to go ahead and at least see them in play first because I, I don't think everywhere you should go should be bipedal, you know, human beings. Yeah. So yeah. Throw, in the, throw in the penguins and start with that and then go ahead and do with those subcultures and then add the big ones. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with what everyone said. It'd be great just to introduce any of the things that we currently have in lore. Uh, if I had to reach outside of that, and, and to Unique's point, the further we go out into space, obviously that's when we start possibly running into something else, quote unquote. Uh, I want something that's definitely, that's non-humanoid. Uh, I don't want it walking on two legs with two arms. So, that, you know, I want to knock this, that knocks everything out that we have currently. Uh, I really would like to have something that's, you know, when we see it, it's like, okay, what is that? You know, and the fact that it has intelligence, which would be really interesting, uh, whether it's malevolent, benevolent, that's a whole nother story. But I definitely want them to introduce some other things. And I know there's some people who've kind of wondered whether or not Chris will sneak in the uh, what was what was their names from uh, Wing Commander? The uh, what was the what was the creatures guys from Wing Commander? Uh, the uh, uh, oh my gosh, the the lions. Thank the lions. you, Gecko. Uh, the Kil Kilrathi. Kilrathi. Yeah, Kilrathi. Yeah, right. yeah. It's one of my favorite. At aliens of all time even i mean just up there with the aliens they were that that devastating it'd be interesting to see him drop that in just as a little ode to the where this all got started yeah uh, yeah tecmer i saw what you said and rigmar i saw what you guys said yeah if they did use uh no man's skies earlier engine it could create some weird looking stuff i agree with you <laughs> but uh they they fixed it it's gotten better so we won't pick on no man's sky tonight all right let's move on to the next topic here um and this is dealing with travel um, atmospheric, quantum, and armistice zones. Um, let me start off with uh, J2. J2, as far as atmospheric travel, um, how does it feel right now? Does it, is it reasonable? You know, we've had certain times where we had to go up to 20, 50,000 meters in altitude to get out of atmosphere. Then it's been reduced down to 10. Then it's back up to 15 now. Is it a comfortable space right now when it comes to atmospherics? And what else would you like to see? I know we're looking for cloud tech anything any comments about the atmospheric conditions right now on planets or moons um not really i think the um they found a decent balance between how you know how far out of atmosphere you need to be to mm -hmm. quantum um it'll be neat when we see control surfaces and sdf atmospherics come in sdf um what's it uh, aerodynamics that's mm -hmm. the word i'm looking for mm -hmm. um those I think will definitely bring something to aer aerodynamics, but uh, aside from that, I think it's in a pretty good place. Okay, Colossal, how about you? Yeah, I'm still looking for cloud tech. I'm looking for weather. I'm looking for types of chemicals like uh, that would basically eat up the hull. Like when you go go over to uh, Aberdeen, um, I believe Aberdeen has like a sulfuric or, uh, or methane. One of the one of them, Aberdeen or Ariel has like sulfur and methane. I'm looking for that to, you know, um, you know, either eat up the hole or I'm looking for something um, that would um, basically increase gameplay or encourage you or basically say you don't want to come over here in this area because your ship is just not not ready. Mm. So it'd be nice to have um, those types of physical enhancers or physical disablers in game. Okay. Okay. And uh, Unique, what about you? Uh, 
I, I don't think there's a big broad spectrum on that atmospherics. The only atmospheric I'm looking for is in my Phoenix. So when I look at my fish tank, it's actually got some damn fish in it. So I can be in a nice, comfortable space. You want the There's an alien that you could add right there. Just give me some damn fish. Give me back my fish. I miss the fish. I miss the fish too. It's just, what is up? Yeah, I miss the fish too. Uh, let me throw in this for atmospherics. Uh, I would love to see uh meteor showers and asteroids uh, mm. I, I would love to see stuff like that when we get homesteads uh i would love to have i think we've talked about this we've seen in the previous uh videos where they had the sandstorm uh tornadoes lightning uh i would love to see that stuff pop up in the game uh violent storms violent winds i know we, they've talked about winds already uh the most we've had is snow um but i would love to see um some some real dangerous kind of conditions uh, for those of you who saw Interstellar, you remember there. Remember the water planet scene? Do you guys remember that where they yeah. landed the ship and they thought it was like low, but the whole planet, the big tidal wave came. Um, I, I would love to just see things that impact uh, in in different ways, atmospherically on different different planets. Some, of course, have no atmosphere. We know that, but for those that do, well, they show the sandstorms. You know, tech mm -hmm. with the with uh with the worm, right. the big worm, and that kind of stuff. So I know that they can do it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I know that they're trying to, that was all preset when they did it, but yeah. I know that they're now trying to, with the uh, VTEC 4 and the weather stuff that they're putting in the game, they want it to actually happen organically, which will be really interesting to see, yeah. uh, to see them build that technology where you just don't know when it will happen, or maybe you will. Maybe you can tell from weather conditions, you know, like, you know, like the old days where you're, you know, you're that's the career that's eight. missing, the weatherman. <laughs> the weatherman, the man. right. Man. <laughs> Yeah, right. the weatherman job that that's that might be good okay um let's, Urologist. let's jump over to quantum um for those of you who've been around a long time you remember there was a time when you went into quantum it might have taken you 12 to 16 minutes to get from one location to another uh colossal do you think that they've kind of gotten quantum into a good place right now or or is it just because we're in one system and then once we start getting into you know expanding beyond one system that it's going to change again I think they have a good uh, a good stepping stone for where they want to go with it. I think they have enough information, enough data to go ahead and 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 um, and just move on to other systems. Because uh, we talk about atmosphere, we talk about they got the right distance to go ahead and quantum and quantum uh, and quantum out. Uh, we talk about how you know at one point it, it was really really slow to go ahead and, and quantum, and now they got it, it, now it's almost like a Star Trek feel a little bit where you, you can hear the engines rev up and move you through. Um, there was something in my head that I just basically, um, you know, you got the wormholes that, that are about to come out. I, I think right now, I think they have enough data and they have enough information to say, all right, all we're doing is tweaking. We're pretty much done in terms of, uh, of quantum. Um, they just got to go ahead and get those other things in place now. Um, like, for example, um, the gate that's over there in the Stanton system. I mean, how are you going to quantum and quantum around and quantum around that? Mm. Um, that big old gate that's supposed to, you know, cut off the asteroids that are that coming through that big old mm -hmm. ring that they got over there in the Stanton system. I mean, I'm interested to in seeing those types of things. Are they going to put that in game? Is that just a, a concept and, and not going to be a reality? So I think they have more than enough, uh, Griff, to go ahead and... Um, and uh, and build on top of if they needed to. Okay, okay. Um, unique, uh, Chris has alluded to the fact that there is a reason why it takes a while to get from one location to another. And a lot of players in the early days were kind of like, 
or what are we going to do, you know, while we're sitting on the ship? What are some of those things that people would be doing while they're in quantum that you think that maybe aren't in the game necessarily now, but let's say when, let's say the game is fleshed out, what would those things be that would, so that time isn't just you sitting around playing cards. I mean, if you want to do that, that's fine, but what are some things that people might be doing? Uh, cards, chess, calculating, having meetings, organizing what the war is going to be like, mm. uh, while you're trying to get to the zone where you're going to, you know, launch a bunch of missiles and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just sort of the reality of, you know, you get on a plane in Virginia and you fly to California. There's just about five to six hours of time you sitting on your butt. So bring your iPad with some movies on it. That's how it is. Okay. 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 If you want realism, there's going to be some downtime just getting from place to place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in addition to that, Griff, I mean, those, that, that, that's where your ships come in that Unique is talking about. Bring on the Genesis Starliner, right? That, that, let's yeah. go ahead and bring those ships in mm-hmm. because it's time for those ships to go ahead and start doing what, as soon as you open up the gates, I think you start start to see more, a little bit, little bit more talk about those types of ships, the Starliners, the Phoenixes, uh, and even the 890s. Um, because I, I think they already got the sketches out. They already got the, the tools out, you know, the drinking, the, uh, the servers and things like that. And you talk about M- the NPCs with that nine to one ratio, mm-hmm. but would that go into effect quite nicely with those types of ships? Mm. That's a good point. Good point. Um, you know, eating, recharging, rehydrating, all those nifty things that you need to do mm-hmm. to keep your character alive. Okay. All right. J2, um, let me toss this one at you in relation to quantum. Um, do you remember when we watched um, CIG at CitizenCon when they went through the wormhole, right, and came out in pyro? Did you, did you remember seeing the video? Yep. Okay. How did you feel about what you saw in that process of that jump? Um, you know, the, the the first of all, she's in a carrot and n- navigating through that. Uh, how would yeah, you na- how would navigating you, the wormhole? Right. How would you want to see that? Would you want it to be a situation where it's very difficult? Uh, and 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 if you don't navigate it, what do you see the result being? Does it mean you just pop out anywhere? Is your ship damaged? Are you destroyed? Uh, and 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 what what do you think would make it challenging? So that just jumping through wormholes isn't a big deal. I mean, do I need to have a special computer on my ship in order to make it happen well? If I do it manually, it's always going to be difficult. What do you what do you think would be some cool ways to balance out so that people aren't just, you know, jumping in wormholes, no big deal. You know what I mean? I think, and I hope the the way um, I've imagined the system so far is that the first time you approach a wormhole and you go through it, you have to pretty much do it manually and you have to map it. And Mm -hmm. afterwards, you can then use a computer to get through it more easily. Mm -hmm. Um, And that mapping of the wormhole will then be data that you could potentially sell to someone else or someone could steal from you Mm. and use for themselves to get through that wormhole quickly. But someone is going to have to go through first and map it Mm -hmm. before we can traverse it easily. And those first mapping jumps are going to need to be done manually and they will probably be difficult. Um, As far as what the penalty is for that, if you screw it up, who knows, man, anything could be pretty cool. It's going to depend on how they do the system. I'm not, you know, like I said, if you go through the first time and you're able to map it and then successive trips through it get easier and maybe even progressively easier as you get Mm. more detailed scans, um, maybe that being the case, then a harsh penalty like having your ship completely destroyed if you screw up during one of those traversals Mm. um, isn't such a bad thing. Yeah. 
I like what MG said. I think it kind of, it touches on a little bit of what you were saying. It says, so you could actually be training your computer to automatically fly through a wormhole over time, oh, yeah. which would be kind of cool. You know, you go through it once, that's great. But the more you do it, and if you have some type of, if you take, let's say for, let's just say for example, uh, if I go through it once and my computer tracks it, right? Um, and uh, maybe there's a, maybe there's a 80% chance after going through it once that I'm gonna get through fine. 20% chance that something could go wrong if I do it again. But let's say that I go through it a second time manually. Now my odds change from 80% to 85%. You know what I mean? So that, like she said, you're yep. training it so that now it keeps me challenged because every time I do it, if I manually do it, I've made it better for my system to get me through that that wormhole or that gate, oh, yeah. which would be that really would be cool. cool. That would be yeah. a cool system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or you, in addition, Griff, you can always, you know, and I encourage everybody, if you haven't done so already, go to Microtech and go to that little Apple store they got down there. I'm sorry, the little <laughs> shop they got, they got over there. <laughs> I mean, even if you have a carrot, go to the engine room, go mm -hmm. to the engine rooms in the big ship. You see slots or you see areas where they got uh, 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 areas where you got a radar that's gonna be there mm -hmm. or any types of other equipment that's gonna be there. And when you open it up, there's nothing inside. Why? Because those are things that, that will enhance your ship. When we talk about training your ship, you mm -hmm. may have a level one sensory, a level one radar and you go you go to microtech and buy they got a couple of stations there a couple of um um uh data tables that are there, that'll be there to go ahead and 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 map out the whole universe if you want to upgrade so uh like i said these are things that they have in the planning these are things that are already there already in game for you to look at mm -hmm. and and get a clue as to what direction they're going mm -hmm. to that's very cool I like, uh, for those of you who saw, um, uh, I hate to go back to war movies, but uh, The Hunt for Red October, there's a great sequence that takes place where they're trying to navigate through uh, the you know ocean floor and they're going through these canyons. And you've got one person who is, who's- Mariana Straits. Right, the Mariana Straits, thank you. And he's tracking it. This is the guy who's measuring and he knows how long you have to go before you have to turn or before you have to do something. And and so the person who's actually controlling the ship has to really rely on that navigation person to tell them the right time to do something. I'd be really curious to see whether or not, and I'm not saying that it can't be done solo, but it would be interesting to see if they incorporate some type of um, some, you know, there's a couple people that have to help through that process of going through quantum. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking off the top of my head, which I probably am, but I think it would be just kind of cool to make sort of there's some dependency uh, on larger ships in particular. Smaller ships, you're a solo guy, no big deal, but on large ships like Carrix, uh, the, the larger uh, ships, I would love to see something that gets more people involved in that process of traveling through a gate or a wormhole. Those are all good ideas, guys. Thanks. And chat, thank you all for your uh, commendation as well. Hey, Cade, good to see you. By the way, everybody wish my good friend Ops Chief a happy birthday. Today is his birthday and he's uh, celebrating with us. So you all give Ops Chiefs a shout out. Uh, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. Okay. Um, to you. All right, let's go ahead and jump into this next subject. This is a subject that's kind of controversial for a lot of folks and that's Armistice Zones. Uh, I'm going to start out with the quantum uh, thing. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, we've done quantum. We're going to jump into, uh, did, right. uh, oh, I didn't ask you about quantum. I'm sorry. No. Oh, my I'm apologies. Sorry. My apologies. No, no, please. No, no, let's quantum right into armistice. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Don't worry about it. Armistice? Okay. Yeah. Well, then I'll start with you with armistice for sure. Then, uh, what are your feelings about them? Needed, not needed, um, needed under certain circumstances. Uh, cause you know, there's a lot of controversy about them. 
So I think in the long run, they're not needed. I think that they're needed now because it cuts down on the griefers. But when the game starts getting better, more things in it, i.e. the landing zone can defend itself mm-hmm. and can retaliate against griefers so that there's a huge penalty for starting up some crap that the airship just explodes due to some fire that goes on so that the griefers have to pay a huge penalty for doing these things in an armistice zone. They can declare the armistice zone, but not necessarily actually shut off your guns and stuff. So I think because the, the there is no retaliation right now, the UE is not out there blowing up your ship, confiscating you, locking you in jail. Since there's no penalties, you kind of have to have the armistice zone so people can safely land. Okay. J2, let me jump to you. He mentions armistice zones in relation to griefers. Do you think armistice zones serve any other purpose other than deterrence for griefers? Deterrence for griefers? Well, uh, I think they're, they're, they serve as a safe zone, um, you know, not only against griefers, but against, you know, anyone who could be uh, hostile. Um, but in the long term, I don't think we're going to need them. You know, this has been one of the subjects that they've, that been, they've been talking about a lot with the recent drama and all the warnings and suspensions due to PvP and harassment is, you know, the questions of armistice zones and the question over a lot of the game systems that are sort of encouraging this behavior. And... CIG from, you know, everybody is coming up and spitting out these ideas. Oh, they should do this to fix it. They should do that to fix it. They should change this and rebalance that. Well, CIG already has the plans to do this stuff. They have Death of a Spaceman. They have the physicalized damage system. They have more robust reworked insurance system coming through. Um, different components, you know, there's all sorts of systems coming in that are going to change how the game is played. And particularly things like Death of a Spaceman and a reworked insurance system will add deterrence. Like right now for PvP and Armistice Zones, there's there's no penalty for dying and losing your ship. Once there's are stronger penalties, people think think twice about, you know, how they spend their lives. Very good point. Very good point. I'm going to stop. And there's also the fact that current armistice zones, um, I mean, they're really the only thing that that works right now because it, at some stations we have the turrets now, mm-hmm. which is you know they're handing off the use of armistice zones to in-game NPCs and turrets and station defenses and things like that. But so far they're pretty much a joke. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, turrets aren't killing a lot of people. Right. Okay. Good point. Uh, Colossal, I'm going to hit you, then we're going to take our break and talk a little bit about the charity. What are your thoughts, Colossal? Um, I mean, uh, okay, go ahead and put it up, chat. I don't care. You might as well call me a Care Bear. Because... <laughs> 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 I mean, I, I do think that they are needed in certain aspects. Boy, would it be great if it, if it tied into gameplay or lore. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, I think of those, I think of like uh, Flash Gordon. I think of Ming's Palace when uh, that ship was coming through and uh, and uh, Baron them started controlling the ship and things like that. And they cut on the, the planet defenses and that whole entire castle just riddled down with nothing but lasers and jet mm-hmm. all over the place. Think about that. Or you can go ahead and have some areas where they are just completely and utterly devoid of violence. Mm-hmm. And they have 
what I would call, you know, Empyor, which is E-M-P-O-S, because that whole entire area <laughs> is just going to have an EMP field to where if you don't deactivate your weapons, it EMPs you. Like, you run into an EMP shield and you just go, you just go crashing down. I mean, there's got to be some type of, maybe you can include that in some type of gameplay. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you don't have to have it for every planet, but boy, it'd be nice to see for one or two planets. Yeah. And you're just flying through and you forgot to shut off your weapons and then you got EMP'd and you just fall straight down. I mean, it'd be hilarious. Yeah. Well, we know where Colossus home will be. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you know, I coming out of the shadows, Care, you know, Care Bear City. You know, I, I think, for, I think for balance, I mean, what everybody said here kind of adds to why there has to be some type of place that's you know found where there's some commonness in this whole thing with armistice zones. See, I see armistice zones as not being. I think people always look at them as the extreme. They automatically think that it's to deal with the griefers, but I, I think that to Colossal's point, armistice zones should have a purpose for being there, and I'm talking about in-game purpose and not just because of griefing. First of all, I don't think any space station is going to have a combat going on over its roof. So I think that in itself says that it shouldn't be happening there. This has nothing to do with griefing. I'm talking about what would take place in that location. Um, nobody's going to allow that to happen. Now, Grimhex, for example, which is considered in a lawless state, and even at Grimhex now, you don't really see that happening. Um, where you do see it happening is at some place like Port Olisar, which is interesting because Grimhex is the play field to do it and people have the right and authority to do it there, but instead they come to Port Olisar to do it. And I have to kind of ask, why is that? I'm kind of curious as to what the psychology is behind that. I, I have my own answers, but I'd love to hear what you all think the psychology is. Um, so I think that there are some some reasons why there should be armistice in some places. Uh, I don't think it shouldn't, I, I do, I think because Port Olisar was the place where beginning players started, we kind of felt that there should be a certain amount of grace or allowance that was given there so that people who are just trying to learn how to take off and how to, you know, point their ship the right way and how to, I think there was trying to give room for that. And I think that there were people who obviously felt that that was being denied to some people. Uh, I, I've been in the game a long time. I, you know, when I take off from Port Olisar, there's certain things I do to prevent myself from being uh, blown away, but that's because I've been playing the game for a while where someone new in the game may not know that they're trying out their ship for the first time and there's just somebody sitting out there who wants to target them and blow them out of the sky and it becomes frustrating. Now there's some people who will say, well, that, that's just how you learn the game. That's not the way you learn the game, guys. Let's keep it real. That's just what people do. Um, <laughs> so, I, so, so for me, I think that it needs to be built into the lore and there should be a reason. I think there are some places that you go to, it's dangerous. When you get there, it is dangerous. To me, some of you all remember Grimhex back in the day, you couldn't even walk off your ship into the building without getting killed. You guys remember that? Yeah, they couldn't even get onto the pad. They oh, shoot yeah. you on the deck. <laughs> you, you get out of your ship and somebody pull their gun out and shoot you on the deck. You know, I mean, it was ruthless back then. And I didn't mm -hmm. complain about it because I was like, man, I'm at Grimhex. So that didn't bother me when it was that way. Yeah. Um, but I think that they, as you said, as we build out the lore and build out the game over time, uh, I think that it will get a lot, lot better. Okay. So yeah. let's uh, let's jump in for a second. Uh, oh, oh, Duskfire, you're leaving. Okay. Uh, Duskfire, I'll let you know how it goes. Let me, real quick, he's in chat right now. He says things have gotten worse where he is, but... I mentioned earlier to you all that we were going to, when Duskfire arrived, that we would do a piece uh, on charitable citizens. And what they're doing is they're, they've partnered with um, Discord, with, sub, with the Star Citizen subreddit, and with Star Citizen Tools. And they're participating in, with community members, content creators, and streamers to do this charitable donation for Meals on Wheels. Some of you all are familiar with Wheels on, uh, 
Meals on Wheels America. They provide uh, healthy meals, mostly to seniors, but to people who just are maybe who can't work, people who have some type of physical disability, uh, whatever the case may be. Uh, in many cities throughout our country in America, Meals on Wheels has just fed hundreds of thousands of people, particularly during this COVID time, and they're doing a special fundraiser for that. So I'm going to put in chat the link for it. And we're going to ask if you guys uh, want to do some donating and your heart is there, your head is there, or your wallet is there even, that you would consider taking a look at this page. Let me send it to you. There's the link under Soul Citizens right there. And if you guys would like to donate, great. Over this week, they were trying to raise $10,000. They have done it. They've done 10715 and it's the end of the week. And just because they're at 10000 doesn't mean that they can't use more donations. So if you guys would uh, would love to take a look at that information, and if you feel led to donate in that direction, uh, please do. It would be really great. You can also put in the comments area, Soul Citizens. That way they can track and know that you were watching the show when you did it. All the money is going to them. Nothing's coming to us. It's going to this particular cause. Uh, and we really want to encourage because Meals on Wheels is a really, really great charitable uh, or uh, organization uh, that feeds folks, basically. So uh, there's the link. I'll put it in again in a couple seconds and uh, we will move on. Okay. Uh, if you guys want to send any messages to Duskfire, uh, Duskfire was in here a few seconds ago, but he's having a, there's a storm where he's at. And unfortunately he was going to join us in our discord, but he texted me earlier and said there was some real issues with his internet. And he popped on his phone just for a moment, um, but definitely take a look at the website, okay? All right, let's jump over to our next uh, hot topic here. Uh, offenses and defense, offense and defense. Uh, let's see, I'm gonna start off with J2 on this one. Um, vehicles, and I know J2, like you said earlier, there's a lot of stuff that's not in the game, so we kind of have to base this on what we know. Um, they've introduced bikes into the game. They've introduced four-wheeled vehicles and military vehicles in the game. Uh, and especially now we've seen things like the Tonk is about ready to come out. Um, what, what do you think about vehicles in the game? Do you think, and you know, I know we've got this whole thing with theaters of war. Um, do you think that um, what we have is sufficient? Do you think there should be more? Is there something they've forgotten about? Do you think it's too much? What are your thoughts on that? Um... In the future, I think it would be nice to see more, but currently I think we need content for those vehicles mm -hmm. before we start adding any more. Okay. I mean, the vehicles we have in game are cool. They're, they're really neat. There's a, they, every one of them has a very high cool factor. And, um, you know, a lot of them are a lot of fun to play with. There's just nothing to do with them. There's no reason to use them beyond racing, you know, uh, until mm -hmm. we get some like dedicated vehicular content mm -hmm. you know uh, i don't see a purpose for anymore mm -hmm. okay colossal let me ask you since j2 brought that up that question has come up before why do we need vehicles wouldn't we just get in our ships and fly from this town to this town or this homestead to this homestead what is the purpose of vehicles that you see in the game because they've talked about putting roads in even you know what's the point of having vehicles at the moment nothing I mean, at the moment, even Chris Roberts said, they said that this is a space sim. So, mm -hmm. I mean, at the moment, it's nothing. But, I mean, to, you know, to add on to uh, J2's point, I mean, build me a base first. Give me a base. Give me some type of content that would require that, um, that would basically have these, what do you call those, anti-air uh, guns, the type type deals, or anti-aircraft guns that mm -hmm. would go ahead and knock down a ship from a major di from a major distance. Maybe an ion cannon that would keep the big ships away, um, and then uh, and then you'll be forced 
to go ahead and bring in ground prey because now you got to land at a considerable distance outside because mm -hmm. the air defense is so tight mm -hmm. that you would have to bring in a ground unit. You would have to bring in the Tonks. You would have to bring in the bikes that they've had in. You would have to bring in the MT that they just put in game right now. So, I mean, if you're going to go ahead and provide some type of gameplay for those ground vehicles, you got to give me some game, game uh, some type of content that would allow for that. And that would include some type of major POI mm -hmm. or some, uh, some type of base that would have such a defense system against aerial bombardment that you have no choice but to, uh, to go outside of the range and, and, and go for a ground to ground contact, con contact. Okay. Fist to face. Thank you. Thank you for the gift sub. We appreciate that. And ZC4King, thank you for the follow. I'm sorry I missed you earlier. I didn't hear it. Thank you for the follow. Um, Unique, we've been seeing a lot of images of homesteads, right? These, this thing where they're starting to put these uh, homesteads. And they, they haven't really talked about like who they're for, right? We're assuming that they'll have NPCs there probably first, but then we also assuming that eventually players will be able to reside in these homesteads. Uh, and to Colossal's point, I was Colossal knows I've been watching the Clone Wars recently, and the Clone Wars yeah. does exactly what you were saying. They don't always fly in with ships because if the defenses are there, it's not a good thing to do. Quite often they land outside of an area and then they roll in with vehicles, right? So uh, do you think, Unique, that CIG should start allowing people or organizations or whatever players to start occupying maybe even some of the places that are now? We've got bunkers there now that NPCs occupy. Uh, would that give reason for us to start using vehicles because we do have these vehicles that are coming in game if we start if they start allowing us to literally like occupy that particular uh, bunker on Hurston? Um, I think it really is just as simple as allowing players a much easier way of getting their ship or their vehicles inside the ship to transport them around. Mm -hmm. Uh, because we already have persistence. So if you show up there, then yeah, you can occupy it already. It's just a, a really point. big, hard effort to get a vehicle there. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. So if they fix that, sure, I think we can occupy a bunker. And, and the reason why I'm at, to your point, I think one of the reasons that a lot of people are anticipating ships like the C2 coming in and the M2, particularly the C2, is that now they will be able to transport vehicles in a greater way. Right now, you know, you can stick one vehicle on something and bring it, it's almost not worth the effort. Uh, but I am curious to see whether or not some type of ground combat starts to pick up because they're going to be, uh, now they're reportedly going to be fixing torpedoes on the ballista and other where you can, they're guided. They've talked mm -hmm. about the dumb fires on the MTs. So now people can generate their own gameplay, even if there aren't missions per se. Um, but I'm curious to see, you know, whether or not that's going to even, even if it happens, how long would it, will it be something that people continue to come back and do? Or will it be just kind of the, the latest hot new thing and then it kind of disappears? I, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of curious what, what people think about that. Chat, you guys can toss in your ideas on that if you think that, uh, give us your thoughts on whether or not you think Gronk Combat is going to become something. Yes, and the tank. Thank you, ZK. The tank is coming as well. Right, but Griff, in addition, you also got to have some type of something to fight for or, or defend. And if it's not a base, it's got to be some type of resource. Mm, okay. you know, there's got to be some type of resource that is just heavily favorite throughout the galaxy that may be only in one spot or maybe in multiple spots, but you know, or, or you don't have that many spots out there that a lot of groups uh, are trying to take. So there's gotta be some type of resource that they gotta put in game now, other than um, the, the, I mean, in addition to the rocks and, and the minerals that they have out there mm -hmm. uh, for mining. 
What about turtles? I already got turtles. Who doesn't want to fight over a turtle? <laughs> Yeti skin. Yeah. No, I I agree. There needs to be. We need um, you know more points of interest, um, things to be contested, things to fight over. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to ground combat, I think ground combat is like the first and like most base level way that we get vehicles integrated into the game and become more useful. Um, it's like the easiest way to do it, but I can think of, you know, several other reasons outside of combat that vehicles would be useful. You know, um, we already see it in game now in the very beginnings in a very small scale with the salvage outposts like um, Brio's Breaker Yard and Orinth salvage places. Mm-hmm. You know, those areas are covered with big piles of rubbish, uh, salvage junk, and you can't land. You can squeeze a, a, a cutlass in mm. there if, if you're careful, but anything bigger than a cutlass and you're landing a decent distance away, right. you know, it doesn't take much to expand the size of that junk field and make it worthwhile to, you know, hop on your bike and ride it into the freaking salvage yard after you just park your ship on the outskirts. I also imagine things like, like Kashik, you know, big Roshier tree forest where mm. the canopies of the forests are so dense that you can't get your ship down but you could drive a vehicle underneath them Mm -hmm. you know caves i think will be a good thing in that respect too those are great ideas so there's lots of ways they can make vehicles useful Mm -hmm. they just you know have you have a new idea i just need you to do what you show me in your promo ads remember (laughs) the phoenix and it landed and then a door came down and a rover popped out mm-hmm. why can't i do that i've got a rover i got a phoenix and i've got a planet i even have the ramp but i can't make that happen you can do that why can't you it's really difficult because you can't get your rover in your ship before you launch oh, you gotta go that, through all yes. kinds of rigmarole right 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 all right what what spawning, oh. in, spawning inside the vehicles yes spawning inside yeah, yeah. just killing me with that okay Okay. Oh, by the way, everybody, please donate the meals on the wheels. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's what Colossal stayed alive with since he was 13. That's why he's here today. I know it works, and I won't be donating the ship this one because I put some money into that. So it's a good cause. Everybody feeds somebody. I've done my share of poster childing for that. So, yes, absolutely. Okay. Personal favor to me. Thank you. I'll donate more ships in the future if you think <laughs> okay. Well, let's move from ground vehicles to flight. Um, there's been a lot of enhancements recently with flight. Uh, there's this whole new thing that's been going on with uh, the ordinances. Um, and a lot of you guys have done a lot of uh, testing uh, with the different type of weapons that are on ships. Um, and let me see, who did I start with last time? That was, uh, was a Colossal? I don't know who, uh, who started last time. I don't even remember now. I think it was J2. Was it J2 started on that one? Oh, yeah, it was J2. Okay, so Colossal, let me ask you. Uh, oh, I, yep. I haven't done a lot of testing on weapons. I've done some. I really rely on what other people say more than me testing on my own. Um, but uh, Colossal, what do you think in relation to ordinances, shields, armor? I know, and, and again, folks, I know there's a lot of stuff that's not in the game. This is really about from what we know and what we've seen, what do we think will make the game balanced is what I'm asking, Okay. Um, so Colossal, I'm gonna jump on you with that one with ordinances, shields, and armor. Well, I guess we can start with the shields first because the good thing is that we at least have the cloud tech 
I mean, that cloud tech, the, the new shield tech that's about to come back in, or at least that's in right now and will be in again uh, in 313 mm -hmm. um, with the shield changing uh, colors, letting you know how weak the shield is. Uh, I am, I would be happy when they can move that over to the armor in terms of HP or that would provide a lot of balance. Because if we're talking about ship to ship fighting, um, and things like that. Um, then you're, especially if you're running around in a larger size ship mm -hmm. um, with a multi crew and you have escape pods, unless you're flying around in a Drake, um, and you know, things like that, you got to have at least a ship battle that's going to be for the ages. They got to last for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and, you know, five minutes is just not long enough for a large size ship that's just relying on shields. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll be interested for when they finally get into armor tech mm -hmm. uh, that we can see at, uh, at least a little bit uh, more of a um, longer gameplay that mm -hmm. would allow for multiplaying mm -hmm. uh, to happen and would allow for uh, any types of extenuating or, or extenuating circumstances like, you know, to bail out a ship or, or leave or and then get those cargo um uh, those uh, escape pods operational because we haven't seen that gameplay come in the game coming in yet yet and we've got plenty of escape pods and all the big ships including the Connie's and things like that so um, it'd be nice for them to go ahead and start working on that I don't know why they don't have that now I guess they're still trying to figure it out but my whole thing is just put it in game put it in game and then figure it out as it goes mm -hmm. okay very cool. Well, without shields and 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 the armor, so that you can whittle it down, you don't have time to get the <laughs> into the escape pods right now. Basically, it's like bang, 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 and your ship explodes. <laughs> so you know, until they get that part in there where it's time, and then you know, as a mm -hmm. captain, where your threshold is that you can then order your crew to the escape pods, and they can get away safely before the ship explodes. It is no sense of putting the tech in there because otherwise people just leave just because it's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very true. Radagast, thank you for the correction there. And that's terrible because I work in city government and in aviation and I should have remembered the difference between the two. So thank you for the, thank you for the correction there. Um, J2, let me ask something that uh, Unique just hit on there. Um, we do have this issue with escape pods and stuff uh, in the ships. Uh, how long do you think it'll be before we start putting those things to use? I mean, are they, is that just, I mean, I know it's not decorative and they plan on doing it, but you know, will it take for shields and armor to finally come into the game so that, like he said, the commander knows like it's time to tell people to abandon ship. You think that's going to be practical or if it's a self-destruct type of thing that goes on, you know, what, what's going to be like the real thing for when we start using those escape pods? I think it's going to be death of a spaceman. And mm. when <laughs> death is death actually starts costing us something you know when when there's uh, when we're penalized for you know losing a life you know then we're going to be jumping out of that ship a lot quicker that makes sense and, and death of a spaceman will affect tremendously you know when the loss of a character is going to mean something right later on right um exactly it's, it's not going it's to be, gonna like be a pretty big back. deal yeah it's going <laughs> to it's going to really change the game a lot. Um, okay. I, so I love what you guys said about shields and armor. They are vital right now. We don't really have any balance with that right now. So it's really hard to gauge, even with the weapons we have right now and all the hard work mm -hmm. that people do about learning about weapons. It's all going to change again, gang. So just kind of be ready for that. Um, the last thing I want to Sure, go ahead. Oh, I'll say I'm with Colossal. I mean, why don't 
the escape pods work. I mean, all you're doing is shooting you out in the space. They were able to do it before when you sat on the toilet. So <laughs> it should be a, they should be able to shoot you out in the space. And yeah, they used pretty to, you, easy. you shoot out of space for a lot of things in the game, leaning against the wall, yeah. sitting on the toilet, uh, opening a door, <laughs> pilot seat, <laughs> pilot seat you know, yeah. how hard can it be to do an escape pod? <laughs> They're pretty proficient at it already. <laughs> very, very true. Very true. Um, let me go to the, something else that you guys talked about earlier when you talked about ground combat and a reason to have it. Um, I was thinking about in this next patch, they've got this thing where we'll be able to collect items uh, like the different um, cargo containers, right? There's the, the volatile, there's the one for quantanium, things of that nature. Um, and a couple patches back, CIG put in the cargo decks, right? They put the cargo decks in. Right now, they're just aesthetics. They, there's nothing there. You can't store anything. When you go mining, you can't say, let me put half my load in a cargo deck at this station. I'll come back later. Will, a little later, and by the way, thank you, Hangry Sarah. Good to see you, and thank you for the follow. TLuff21, thank you for the follow as well. Here's my question to you, Unique. Um, should they make it so that our homestead and bases that we can store things there so that now there is a reason to protect and defend beyond just the fact that we're occupying that space but should they start putting facilities in like cargo areas um you know equipment should you be able to purchase and buy equipment whether it's life support um irrigation things of that nature what would be some stuff that you think for homesteads that might need to be defended oh i absolutely am planning on bringing ships bringing food fuel uh so that you can go to a place and stay a while and then that can be your base instead of coming all the way back say to earth if you can be out by mars and then go further out and only have to come back to mars um why wouldn't you have to have everything there so that you can stay alive and eat and cook and have to replenish it bring people bringing supplies out to you well, that's what cargo hauling is supposed to be about, right? Mm -hmm. Getting things from point A to point B. Um, I don't know what Homestead would be if you didn't have your stuff. Mm -hmm. And then that means you got to defend your stuff. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, somebody will acquire your stuff. <laughs> okay. Threkazog Z. It's all about stuff. Yep, thank you for the gift, uh, gift sub. Uh, yeah, it is about stuff. Uh, J2, um, what would you like to see at homesteads beyond just the fact that you can occupy some space? What were some things you would like to see being able to build out or whatever? My own personal private hangar where I oh. can store my vast and wonderful collection of trolleys and carts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's got 12 auroras. Okay. Well, you know, CIG did show us uh, when they were showing equipment for homesteads, they showed us everything from solar panels to uh, generators, uh, this new gun that's coming out right now that's supposed to be mounted. Um, uh, how practical? Yeah, you know, they absolutely. There was, there's, there was a lot of cool stuff that they showed us, but what they did not show us were living quarters. Mm. Yeah. Whether they be personal living quarters in the homesteads or living quarters in apartments on at landing zones, mm -hmm. you know, they haven't given us, they, they've given us no idea what player housing is going to look like. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like Unique said, we need a place to keep our stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Colossal, what about you? Uh, I mean, every time I keep, I mean, just by thinking about this question, it reminds me of Star Wars Galaxies. 
Oh, yes. I don't think anybody's going to be attacking any homesteads. I really don't. Um, um, I mean, unless your your org is just enemy number one. Um, and then a lot of times the question is, would that be beneficial unless you just kind of run them off? Mm. Um, I mean, it's it's just going to be a place where everybody's going to be putting up their rewards or awards or trophies. Or, um you know, and for the most part, I mean, most people might not be there. They're going to be out in the verse trying to scour around and, and hit up the, the next best thing in the verse. Mm-hmm. So I really don't think that you will have to worry about um, defensive uh, posturings, although everybody should have a defensive posture in um, your area. But if you're going to if you're thinking about homesteads, I'm thinking, you know, multiple people in your org or, you know, maybe friends of orcs just just habitating one area is I, I really don't see any major major uh events happening around that unless somebody's just being a complete and utter butthole okay i gotta stop for a second and recognize mad style with the 20 yeah. sub gifts mad style nice. as always thank nice, you man. Go, mad style mad style is, is lost his mind again this week uh but we really appreciate it it fell out after that one i think but thank you mad style you all be sure to give him a thanks as well um yeah i would i would definitely love to see i think uh j2 your point about being able to see more detail in the sense of where we can live and you know whether it's an apartment building on our corp or whether it's that homestead on some moon uh, I'm looking forward to that aspect. And like Colossal said, I'm a big Star Wars Galaxy fan. I can't tell you how much time I spent in my home decorating. I said, where up. it was decorating terrible. the house, man. It yep. was terrible. I mean, it was obsessive of how cool it was. When this I would... couch has got to fit over here, well, and that dude. table's going to go there, and these lightsaber <laughs> crystals are going to go on the table, and the Crate Dragon Pearl's going to go over there. Yep. Now, and the question is, we talked about offense and defense, and I'm talking about this a little bit because um, how do we protect these things? You know, later on, um, is this going to be a situation where we do have to worry about people being able to get into our units? Uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen frequently. I agree with you, Colossal, because it didn't happen in Galaxies. I don't really remember it happening. Uh, But my point is, um, what's going to be the purpose that I have to defend my base, you know, my home? Is is that something I do have to worry about, is defending it? Or is it better for our places to be invulnerable for some of my plot of land? Now, according to CIG, if you've got a plot of land and it's registered with UEE, there's some level of protection or whatever that's supposed to, we don't know what that means or what that's going to be. Um, obviously if you're not in UEE space that says that you're out there on your own, um, you know, whether there's going to be some type of defensive turret system you could build, whether it be, and, you know, since there's no quote unquote robots or androids, we can't use that. So I'm really curious. Anybody have any ideas? Chat, if you guys have any ideas of how you're going to protect yeah. this stuff. Yeah. You, you, they said, I mean, you can pay for the NPCs. Okay. You know, uh, you know, pay for them. Have them sit there. Uh, you know, uh, if you play uh, Atlas, Atlas, uh, you go out yeah. and you um, you have NPCs on your ships, and they're actually rowing your ships or clean, whatever doing on your ships. Mm-hmm. So they said something about you being able to, you know, for every uh, game that you have, you get what one NPC or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they're going to allow you to use those NPCs like that, then they should allow you to go ahead and purchase the services for that defense force that's going to stay right there at your base the whole time. And anytime your base gets attacked, they just, they just, you know, just launch off and start shooting. So I'm quite sure they have 
those types of they better have those types of things and then the other thing is they need to go ahead and just add on to it just go ahead and do it now see i just go ahead and do it just put in those defense turrets and give everybody a defense turret as they uh if they purchase a land plot to build their base how about that give them one defense turret mm. okay and then and see how that goes okay all right Fair make enough. it part of the orion's build capability what do you mean the uh uh, not the Ryan, the uh, not the Pioneer, Ryan, Ryan, the Pioneer. Yeah, yeah. some of the things they can build. They could build. Yeah, give yeah. them the fence turret. That would be and really let cool. them start off from that. Yeah, okay. And then they yeah, can change the component where they, where they want to be a laser or a yeah. missile guiding defense. And then you could hire the NPCs, and then the Pioneer could make the uh, sexy maid outfits, and she could man the Gatling gun. And that's anyway. Oh wait, that's my fantasy. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All righty. That's interesting, Lou. I'm sure that's the same way they feel about the PVPers. So <laughs> it's, we were talking about it earlier about the, the, uh, the, the Care Bears versus the PVPers. It's, Care always, Bears stare, it's, buddy. Always, it's always a controversy in Star Citizen. And until these things get in place, I think J2's point was well made earlier. Until the true aspects of the game are in place, we're always going to kind of have this back and forth between how the balance is in the game in relation to danger versus safety. And it's just kind of part of the game thing right now until Chris's vision is kind of put in place. Okay, let's jump over to the next one here. And this is law versus unlawful reputation. Uh, ISC just recently this past week put out a, 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 I'm sorry, CIG just put out an ISC this week uh, talking about reputation and what reputation is going to mean in the game. Um, any thoughts on this one? I'm going to start out with, uh, let's see, who started, who did the last one? Uh, Let's start with the Colossal on this one. Um, reputation. Um, we've already had some inklings of what reputation would be like in the sense of the crime stat, uh, but now CIG showed us this week that they're gonna go even deeper, uh, where now it's about how we interact with NPCs, uh, the mission givers, uh, and also even things like guilds that will be starting to come up in the game. We saw some guilds like with the cargo guild and stuff like that that's gonna be coming up. Um, this has been an elite for a while, um, and you're an elite player. Uh, give me some thoughts in relation to which you compare to like maybe elite and where CIG is going with this. Well, good. I'm glad they're doing that. I mean, because once again, it leads right into lore, and at least it, it it basically uh, it 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 allows the player the player to dictate where they want to be and how they want to be a part of the universe. Mm. Because if you if you're going to be in an area like Stanton or let's say Hurston, then you better darn well have a good reputation with them other than that you're going to be ran out of the galaxy um you know and then the only places where you may be safe that is a place like pyro and three other systems that are lawless places um so i, I mean reputation if you're not going to have any uh, if you're not going to have any type of skill based game then you gotta have reputation to at least dictate how you're going to be treated who you're going to be uh working with and what type of perks you may get from that reputation. Mm -hmm. Some some organizations, some companies, some persons, like like a like a Eckhart, may give you, let's say, the ability to produce ships faster, or 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 or, or maybe to increase your shields or enhance your shields, or or you know something like that. There's got to be something to tie in something that's going to be beneficial to what you're trying to do later on, later on down the road. So. I think it's reputation is always a positive thing, especially when you when you're speaking in space space games. I haven't seen any game out there, World of Warcraft, um, ESO, even um, 
uh, elite dangerous where they haven't built in some type of reputation system. Mm. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, Unique, let me throw a question at you about reputation. Um, do you think reputation should be singular or do you think that it should also be tied in? Like, for example, um, let's say that you decide to do a bounty hunting run and you say, hey, Griff, I need you and J2 and Colossal to give me a hand. This person's really a tough person. Um, does, that, does the outcome of that affect all four of us or is it mainly you or mainly you because it's your mission, but we get a percentage? How do you think the reputation should span with that when it's like in group play? I think the reputation gained, whether it's positive or negative, should apply to everyone involved. Mm. Uh, although the sure. money split wouldn't be there. Um, it's like a relay team in the Olympics. If the team wins, everybody gets a gold medal, not 25% of a gold medal. Mm. Right. Even though you might be the slowest guy in the relay or something. So mm. I think the reputation for you should be along the lines that everybody gets the positive and or the negative reputation to go along with it. Okay. So, but I also think reputation should be very deep and wide, and that uh, that will help, like you said, make decisions uh, of what you can and can't achieve at that particular time. But make they should make sure that it's changeable, so that you can do things that move your reputation. It might be harder to move it more positive than it was to be moving it negative or something, but you could do it. Okay, that makes sense, okay. And J2, um, in bunker missions, they did structure, uh, like let's say I, we took one of those bunker missions where there were eight people down there. I don't know if it's still this way now, but it used to be uh, the persons who shot and did the kills were the ones who gained the monetary win. If it was a pot of 5,000, it was divided up between the people who actually got the kills. Do you think reputation could operate that way? Where, you know, depending on how much work you do, you know, you get more or less reputation. I don't think reputation really should work that way at all, mm -hmm. so to speak. I mean, for example, if I am if I'm a crime boss and I need to get a job done, I talk to one of my captains and say, all right, I need you to go get this done. The captain then goes and hires a crew. I never talk to that crew. I don't know those guys. They're not going to gain any reputation with me. The captain might. And maybe then he introduces some of his crew members to me and they get a little bit of reputation. But the person who's giving out the reputation, who would be the mission giver, in this case, the, the crime boss, he only the only person he ever has contact with is the person that he gave the mission to if that person then asks for someone else for help maybe they get a little bit of reputation but not the, the lion's share should go to you know whoever took the contract okay fair enough fair enough okay. so so that's interesting so the question is can a player create a mission hmm can a player how about that that's going to be tough. I, we, we have the, the beacon system, and they've talked about expanding on the beacon system. So players will be able to do something. I don't know if it'll be like mission, mission, but um, we'll be able to interact in some way on that level. But both seem it's right, right, and 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 uh, I, I agree with you, J two, because because I mean that's interesting, right? If we keep talking about bounty contracts. Right. And wouldn't a bounty contract be considered a mission from a player? 
if I had a hard time with Unique and Unique just went ahead and just kept shooting me left, right, and sideways, much love to you, Unique. And, uh, and all of a sudden, I just got tired of him, just like they did in Star Wars Galaxy. You know, Griff, you know, I love that game before the NG EPAC. Um, Great game. But, you know, if, if a player gets upset with somebody and all of a sudden goes right on their Moby Glass and says, I'm sick of it, and they create a bounty mission, just one to name a few, and all of a sudden now that becomes a mission that somebody else, that J2 just picked up. And me, I, I didn't have to go out to do it, but I put a, a mission up there for now J2 to be contracted on. And if it's finished or if it's completed, would I get the, the reputation along with J2? For killing J2 or? Well, I hired him. He well, you wouldn't get a reputation for it. He did the job, so he would get bounty reputation for doing a good job, even if right. it was the grief. Right, but I set up the mission. Yeah, what, what is that? What reputation is that? And so but, that I'd get reputation with... You might, get lo- you might get logistics reputation, and then he would get... Yeah, I agree with that. He gets reputation. I would get, you know, he would, you know, then you'd be able to... Give me, you know, one to five stars or however you think and, I did on that mission. And, and that and would trustworthy reputation, right? right, right. He right. Took your money, he did the job. Which right. would add on to yes. games. Definitely. But didn't they didn't they allude to the fact that reputation will be based on like if you complete like let's say for example you hire me to transport you somewhere, you're gonna rate me when it's over with, right? Didn't they exactly stuff like that? So right. then that way also, like you said players can't have impact on what your reputation is. I'm I'm sure they'll have to figure out how to make it like a, a, a ratio because that's like what happens with Uber right now, right? Just because you give somebody one star doesn't drag them all the way down to one star. So there's a, you have to have a certain right. amount of one stars before you start to drop. So I, right. I'd like to see if they would do something similar to that in the game. Um, exactly. So mm-hmm. Colossal hires me to kill Unique. I go out there, I hunt down Unique and take him out. And then Colossal gives me a five star. Then other players look at it and say, oh, well, this guy's been getting several five stars. Mm-hmm. I should hire him to take care of my bounty. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. Because they did say that you're supposed to open up your journal and you're supposed to be able to read right. somebody like it's a book. They're supposed to have a record, a detailed right. record everything that he done in Galaxy Wars, it be good or bad. So mm-hmm. that definitely could go right into uh, in, in immersion that Hangry was talking about here. All right, as long as somebody saw it and it was reportable. Now, right. I do I want to go back to J2's comment about the reputation when he was like, a bulk of it should go here and he doesn't meet the crew or whatever. And I do agree with that to some insight. That made me realize that there is some balance because, like, if you walked up to somebody today, especially an American, and he said no matter how young he is. I didn't fight in World War II, but I am a Marine. That's some reputation that you get just for that statement, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That's somebody that you might not want to pick a fight with right off of there. So <laughs> just by becoming a Marine, you've got a level of reputation, mm-hmm. right? That's what I'm saying. It's like some things you just get yeah. by accomplishing certain things. Like the crew, if he said, yeah, I'm not the captain, but I was on that mission mm-hmm. and we were successful, he should get some reputation for that level of stuff yeah in that case he should get uh you know um you know definitely get a a portion of you know some reputation boost Mm -hmm. um but like the point of contact the the mission giver should get the bulk of it and if reputation is divvied up further it should I, i think it should be sort of um 
on the original the original guy's contract. E even now, the way we the way we share missions doesn't exactly seem seem right to me. Um, it's a not. person who get a person who gets a job, you know, if you even all right, take take out the crime boss part of it, you know, if you're a roofer or a contractor, you go out there, you take a job, you know, you're, you're accepting a contract, and then you choose what you pay your crew. You know, so that right. is something I think would sort of come into play further. And again, that would also layer into the player uh, to player reputation system, because if I'm going out there and I'm running combat missions in, say, a hammerhead and I'm hiring a crew to, you know, be my gunners and I pay them well, that's going to earn me a higher reputation and more people are going to want to come join my crew, you know, versus someone who, you know, pays their crew shit and maybe even executes them afterwards, you know, to hide the witnesses. Yeah. You know, something like that. That's some scary stuff there, J2. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. But I like it. I like it. I like it. Okay. Uh, let's jump over into incarceration. The good old prison system. Clasher. Uh, and Clasher. Clasher. Um, I don't know. Uh, for those of you who don't know this, that Clasher uh, is just one of many places of incarceration that will be in star citizen there will be some uh even some deeper places than that some more maximum security level places like that um for those of you who've been to prison i know how much colossal loves going to prison um uh unique let me ask you have you been to prison in the game yet and if so uh do you think that they've kind of balanced it out now because you know before you did any little thing you went to prison and now they've kind of got these different levels where there's misdemeanor and then crime stat and then you go into prison um what do you think do you think that it's, it's serving a purpose right now in game or just kind of like a thing you do i have no idea even when it just locked colossal up for no apparent reason i've never <laughs> i've never been locked up okay well, everybody says i got in because of this and i got it and these minor things happen to me and nothing happens oh that's good i've never been there okay I just don't know what it's like okay well j2 let me jump to you then have you been to prison I have been to prison uh, on more occasions than I care to count. <laughs> okay. And uh, do you think they've kind of balanced it out now since they've done some tweaking to it? Um, it's getting better. They're moving in the right direction. Um, currently, the merit system is a little out of whack. Um, you know, they you have guys sort of sitting there in prison and earning a bunch of merits, and then when one of their buddies ends up in prison, they just hand him the merits and that guy gets out. Mm. Um, so it's sort of, uh, you know, you don't want to take away the merit system because that's what it's there for. That's, you know, they're playing the game, but they're, it's, it's kind of gaming the system the way it is right now. Um, it, it still needs some tweaking, but it's, it's getting there. You know, it's better than it was in its first iteration. Um, and from the things that they have planned, I think it's going to get better as it goes on they've got that uh on the roadmap the new escape routes that are going to be more in depth and stuff like that so uh, you know as those things come online you know I, I don't think it's in a terrible place now but i think there's definitely still some room for it to grow okay okay colossal i when i first heard about the prison system the first thing that popped in my mind was uh star trek uh six uh, the undiscovered country where they went to Ruapinte, the Klingon uh, prison, the mines where we're from there. Yeah, Ruapinte. Um, I want something that's a little bit more intense like that. 
Um, I, I think that uh, when, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed when you get out of prison at, at, on Aberdeen. I was hoping that when you got in that elevator, you literally went up to the surface of the planet and then you had to have somebody come pick you up. I don't like the whole waking up in your bed thing. Do you think that um, they need to do a little bit more in relation to it? Should it be more severe? Do you think that, what, what do you think they should do to kind of balance out the prisons a little bit more? I'm hoping that's just a placeholder. Okay. Um, you know, that's what I'm hoping. I mean, as 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 I read through the, the, the lore of the game, um, by the way, I mean, because if for some reason it's like they have it out for Colossal, any small crap that I do, I'm in jail for freaking 24 hours, 13 hours, 12 hours, while everybody else does the same thing. They're in jail for 15 minutes. So it's got it off for Colossal. It really has got it out for Colossal. I think, Griff, there's another... Um, uh, I, I do think that's a placeholder. I mean, because, you know, yeah. as soon as you get finished, you, you're all of a sudden, it it's just, you're done. Um, so I think there's a placeholder, um, uh, and I think we'll see a lot more when, maybe after Squadron 42. Mm -hmm. I do see that there are other systems out there, or other types of penal colonies that are out there, like in the Kellogg system, mm -hmm. called Quarterdeck, that kind of reminds me of Rua Pente Dach, or Rua Pente. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and, um, so I think, uh, a lot of people will be excited for that when that comes out in game. It's in the Kellogg system. Mm -hmm. Okay. Called the quarter deck. Yep. Um, and that is a huge penal colony, hundreds, mm -hmm. uh, hundreds and hundreds, if not hundreds and thousands of hardened criminals are in that area, mm -hmm. including you. And I hope to put, like I said, I've been, um, revitalized. I've been rehabilitated. So say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I don't ever go back there ever again. Okay. Well, and, and I don't want to steer anybody wrong. It's not because I'm super goody two shoes. It's simply that I get into my ship, I take mm -hmm. off, I start flying, and it randomly explodes, or I just pass through the ship and <laughs> for no apparent reason, I I can't get to do anything in order to even get in trouble. I just die. Don't let him lie to you, folks. He probably gets to jail and logs right off the whole. <laughs> That's my whole life. I've, I've never seen my son-in-law has done it, but I, he tells me all about it. I'm like, I, I can't do it. I cannot finish a mission. Oh my god. Well, I I I will say this. Uh, I I I am looking forward to that building. I, I would CIG. Here's my suggestion to you: If you want to make prisons better right now, right now, get rid of getting crime stats when you're flying in toward the prison, because that's a deterrent for me wanting to rescue Colossal. But you could put those turrets on seriously and fire to blow my ship out of the sky coming to pick him up. That would make it fun. It would give him a reason to try to get out and for me to a reason to come in. I don't want to pick up two or three crime stats just because I'm flying into the place. Then you blow me up and then I go to prison. Forget that. Get rid of the crime stat aspect. If I'm able to fly and dodge all those lasers and get him out of there, that's my reward. And that's a good thing. Don't penalize right. me for that. Let me try to get him out of there. Because right well, now I have no... It makes sense that they can penalize you yeah, because I have no they don't even know who you are. You're just a random ship that showed up yeah. outside of thing. How do they assign you anything unless you get caught? And I have no or, motivation to go get him because I'm going to be picking up all just to get him out. Now I got to go to right. prison. I'm not trying to do that, you know. Or how about this? How about they once again bring in another part of gameplay where you hack in to their uh, the, the their computers to at least get in, like put up a, you know, uh, we saw it in, um, I believe it was Star Trek, I want to say Insurrection or something like that, um, where Data was, uh, uh, Captain Picard was was, uh, was captured. Was it Insurrection or a Nemesis? One of those mm -hmm. where Captain Picard, I think it's Nemesis, where Captain Picard was captured. 
Um, and 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 Data went ahead and, and uh, was was trying to get him out of there, and Data kept pressing those codes, and Kevin Picard said, uh, you know, uh, today will be the day, Data, and Data <laughs> kept pressing those codes again, and then finally he got in. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could do something where you open up your MFD panel, and you, you and it's like a little game where mm -hmm. you have to all these scrambling codes, and you have to hit the right button for maybe these shut codes. Off the, maybe you know, yeah, shuts off, maybe shuts off the turrets or something, automated turrets, yeah. The turrets mm -hmm. for at least 20 seconds or a minute or two or three minutes until you can go ahead and make that escape. Like I said, add that into gameplay, and boy, would it, would it would it be worthwhile to play that type of a game? They got to start adding these these things that just some type of challenge. Uh, to, yeah. They make it a challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah Raytheon. No, we don't mean many games like no. that. But we're just saying something that breaks encryption. That's all. You know, we got to figure out some type of way to make it uh, some type of activity that's on both both sides of the thing. So, okay, let's jump into the next one, guys. We're gonna get out of incarceration. Let's leave prison. Uh, let's talk about UEE versus non-UEE space. For those of you who are EVE players, you guys know that they have low sec, uh, nil, no space, no sec, all that other good stuff, right? You have the safety area, supposedly, where you're closer into the system. And of course, things get more dangerous as you, as you move toward the outer rim. Um, UEE versus non-UEE. How, what's going to be the balance there? We already know when you're out in the wilds, the balance is just up for grabs, right? But what I'm more concerned about, what's going to be the balance in UEE space? What do you all think they can do to do that? And I'm going to start with J2 on this one. Um, J2, what do you think can be some things that they do to ensure safety uh, in UEE space, whether you're in space or even on a, on a, on a surface of a, of, a, of a moon or planet? Um, increasing UEE presence, for one, there's not a whole lot of it right now unless you already have a level five crime stat then they start coming after you um we should see some more we should see them plus the advocacy patrolling more mm. um maybe that could even be part of like uh cdf the civilian defense force like missions you know give players patrol points throughout the uh the system mm -hmm. kind of thing um where they actually patrol certain areas and maybe even end up protecting other players during that patrol that would be pretty neat yeah jay thank you for mentioning that and jay's absolutely right well, not nine ue does not necessarily mean wild space because you can have systems that are dominated by other groups organizations or civilizations and they have their own security right they have their own rules out like there the as well Republic. yes yes and she mentions like nix for example um so yeah colossal let me jump to you on that one uh what are some things that they could do because in eve and i hate to keep re referencing eve i'm just referencing it because they did have a policing system uh eve system of concord uh concord sometimes yeah. was on point sometimes they weren't on point <laughs> and j2 already talked about how the security systems around stations right now are not necessarily doing the job um yeah yeah i Another thing that would help a lot would be to just um, the, the turrets and things. I mean, give them more types of turrets mm -hmm. and make them more threatening. You know, missile turrets, mm. I think, would be uh, a nice solution. Yeah, missiles. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Class, yeah. were you going to say something? Yeah. In addition, I mean, they can bring in quanta, quantum. Bring that in. Because even doesn't that uh, uh, dictate uh, the number of law enforcement if oh, needed? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. you know, so bring that in, bring that into play, and um, and and let's see how that can go ahead and help out with the UEE or non UEE space. Yeah. I mean, non non UEE space guys, it's like I hate to bring it up, but it's going to be just like Eve. It's going to be a freak show. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's going to be a freak show if you're running around, and we're we just did the show on logistics 
Mm-hmm. Several, a couple of weeks ago. So you better darn well have your stuff planned out if you're trying to traverse through those types of areas where you got no U, UEE support. But you, like I said, you could have other orgs that, that could step in and, and try to help mitigate any types of um, hostile entities uh, in those areas. So it'd be interesting um, to see all that, but uh, bring in Quanta, a Quantum and then we'll see how that, how that gameplay goes. Okay. I like Jeep Man, Jeep Jeep Man, and Go Mab's comments about beam weapons or real guns on the stations. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think that would be interesting. If we had that gun that was on the Idris or something like that that was firing at you, it would give you something to, to dodge. Um, unique. Um, when it comes to uh, how can I say this? Uh, these different jurisdictions, because CIG has kind of introduced this thing where. Like if you're in the Hurston jurisdiction, there's certain rules that you, you know, you got to watch not to break. Is that going to become overwhelming for players or is just, is just going to demand that players start looking in their Moby glass when they know they fly into Nix or the Hadassian system and know what the rules are, what they can and can't sell, uh, you know, what the things yeah, they have to worry about. I think that's going to help drive the use of the Moby glass or any other references. Like when you show up in a system before you get off your ship, mm-hmm. you're going to need to review the laws and you know, what the jurisdiction is, what is frowned upon and what's not frowned upon. Are you expected to pay any tributes, any place, things like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of a cultural kind of thing, which you show up, you just don't get on a plane and go to Spain and hop off of it and wonder why nobody can communicate with you, right? You mm-hmm. realize that uh, they speak Spanish and I've got to put some effort into that or hire a translator or whatever. Okay. So I think uh, that's going to help out quite a bit and get some of that using the lore, using that uh, big old knowledge base that they have available to us. Okay, very cool. I'm going to take a quick station identification break here, bring it up again. Charitable citizens tonight, guys, We're ladies and gentlemen, we're doing a little fundraising uh, for uh, Meals on Wheels America. Uh, some of us have already given uh, toward the site there. If you guys, uh, there's a link there in chat. Uh, take a look at it if you're interested in helping donate to help feed those who uh, basically need uh, just a regular everyday meal. And it's not just meals. The people that come there interact with folks. Uh, some folks don't have anybody to visit them. They live alone. Uh, and they've just talked about how great it is for someone who just spends a few minutes talking to them and delivers them a, a healthy meal. So. Uh, again, the link is in chat. I'll put it in one more time. At least I'll try to. And there it is. I mean, and uh, just can take I, a look at it if you can. Sure, buddy. Can I ask? I'm so sorry, Griff. Yeah, can ahead. I ask a question? Is anybody um, fond of systems that you can't get into because they're locked? Like you see with um, uh, um, Elite Dangerous, you have to earn a certain passport or something like that. They, mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. I mean, I mean, is is is, are, is, is CIG going to have something like that, or are they just saying, you know, if you can get there, you can get there. If not, you know, can do you have to earn your way into a system, um, uh, NCIG or, or or at least a Star Citizen, and, and would that be preferable to people? You know, I don't Putting know. A reputation. Yeah, I, see, my handle my, that. Yeah, my, well, yes. Yeah, but my issue, I don't know that you should have systems that are locked. I think that going into a system it lends itself to a couple of things. Like any, like let's just use anything in science fiction, right? When you go into a system, you don't know what's there. I mean, especially if you don't have any. Now, if there's recorded history, obviously, you know, you can go by the lore, or maybe the star map tells you something about a certain area. 
but I'm more concerned about what happens when you go into a system and you don't know anything about it. Uh, I don't want it to be locked. I want to stumble in there and maybe find out whether that's benevolent or malevolent. Um, whether I have to, you know, I might get shot on sight coming into somebody's system. If I don't come, if they hail me and I don't communicate a certain way, um, I don't necessarily need to have something where I've done a certain amount of merits or a certain amount of whatever. I think the wormholes and the stargates will be what you're talking about, right? That's going to be whether or not you're capable of navigating through one. Um, some may be more difficult. Some of them may be more, you know, easier. I don't know. I think there's some other things they can do, but I don't like the idea of stuff being locked. Um, I think there's, I think there's just the, you know, if you go into those areas that are, I think it should be like how it is in real life is what I'm saying. I, don't, I just don't want anything manufactured like that. That's me personally, me personally. Yeah, it could be invite only again, tied to reputation. You yeah. know, if you go in there, you just, they just start lighting you up if you don't pray right. and mm-hmm. you're not invited to show up or something like that. Right. But mm-hmm. You should just be able to jump in. Mm-hmm. Right. I guess the word would be say would be restricted, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah restricted. Yeah. Gated, and, and, yeah, and maybe the like you community. said now not to your point, Colossal, you said this earlier. Maybe there's something I do someplace else, right? And because I've done that thing, you mentioned earlier about reading a certain book, right? Maybe there's certain information that allows me that when I'm hailed, if I put that information in or if I say something, whatever the case may be that gives me the access, you know, at least to get into the system, you know, or, or to land on that planet. And we they have talked about, there will be certain blockers because of, because of the culture of certain places. So they've talked about the fact that if you fly a certain ship, they, they give this example this week, I know it sounded kind of crazy, but when they talked about the thing with reputation and they said, if you were to go before Constantine Hurston, and if you weren't wearing the right clothes, that might determine whether or not he talks to you or not. Right. So they, we could do that exact same type of thing when it comes to going to different planet systems, civilizations, uh, where there could be things that, you, depending on what you do, determines whether or not you get greater access. But I don't necessarily want to have to feel like I have to do certain amount of stuff before a system is unlocked to me. I, that kind of just sounds too manufactured to me. I would like them to add a little bit more stuff to say, as soon as you show up, you know if you're in UEE space or not. <laughs> so like the uh, billboards that are out there, if we could have like a picture of Colossal so you know you're in a camera zone. That's right. Smiling. That, wink. That, that would help a lot. With a big old wink on it. We're going we're, we're gonna to get, get those bear masks, Colossal, and just run around with those. That's what, that's what we're going to do. That's, that's what we're going to do. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Okay. Let's jump out of this one. We're going to finish up with, with UEE versus non-UEE. And let's go on to survival. Um, when this came up, I'm going to start with uh, Col- uh, Unique on this one. Uh, when food first got mentioned, uh, Unique, people went crazy, right? They automatically started thinking this was going to be Rust or or uh, Ark or something like that, where they'd have to be eating every five or ten minutes. And then once food came out, people said, oh, it's not so bad. You know, water and food's not so bad. Uh what can they do? I mean, do you think where food and water is right now in game that it's, and I know you see you don't get to play that long. I don't know if, I don't know if you've ever been impacted with getting hungry yet. Um, I have. Okay, cool. Is it in a good place right now to you? I think it's in a good place right now because there's not much else you can do other than like purchase it. Okay. You can't farm it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's really not gathering of it. But if you think about it in the long-term gameplay, uh, food production is equivalent slash farming is equivalent to mining. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. are the only two things 
that like a core in the game. There's mining and food production. If you don't have both of those, I can't build missiles, nor can the people stay alive. So I think the food, hopefully for me, it gets down to the level and the detail that they do with mining. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to be able to, not you personally doing both. Maybe you're a miner, like Colossal loves. Maybe I'm a farmer. That's something I would gravitate towards and have a bunch of food because it's got to be hauled around. It's got to make it to its destinations. Uh, it's worth pirates kidnapping the those things to change the food because it's uh, if you know if it's for the prison and you hijack all the food going to the prison. Maybe the prison starts listening to your demands to free somebody. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. So, I think food is on par with mining, and I think that they are amiss if they don't make it so. Okay. J two, let me ask you this question. I presented it a couple of weeks ago, but we didn't get to explore it. It was just kind of a off the top head question will players now have to think about food when it comes to their ships um, a lot of times people look at cargo space in relation to how much cargo they can carry right because they're just trying to make some money in a mission but some ships have kitchens or galleys some don't um, if you're going out on a long mission let's say you own a carrick for example are you going to have to now be concerned about stocking that ship with food for your players or are you going to basically make it so that Whoever is manning your ship, hey, bring your own food. I mean, what, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, is that going to be a consideration where some of your cargo space is going to have to be allocated? Because they've talked about cargo boxes containing food and water, food and drink, or whatever the case may be. Um, I, I think it will be. I, I hope it will be, at least to a certain degree. Um, you know, right right now, like uh, Unique was saying, it, it's not it, again. It's not in a bad place, but we don't have um, we don't have all the pieces yet. Mm -hmm. um, I think the the bigger question is how is I, I mean, we'll definitely have the capability to stock our ships. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt. Whether or not we actually need to is the question, and that'll be how CIG handles actual long-term missions mm -hmm. and when it comes to things like um you know logging out on somebody in someone else's bed being able to log back in in that shit in that same ship mm -hmm. you know you brought up a carrick if i you know stock up my carrick and take a group of guys and we go out on a long you know exploration journey there's a good chance a mission like that could last more than one play session mm -hmm. you know right now food and drink are balanced you know roughly about a play session you got you got a few hours right. before you got to do that you know um so if i'm going out of my carrick and we got about four hours to spend well in that four hours you know maybe my crew needs to eat once but if we have to come back and we can all log back in on that ship and continue that same mission the next night well then yeah then we're definitely going to need to have some food aboard mm, okay good point um colossal uh jade mentioned this i know you and i've talked about this i'm kind of glad she brought it up because this is definitely your area talk a little bit about food in the sense of maybe a lot of people don't know that food already has some impact on us as players that uh, maybe some people don't know about the hydration versus dehydration all that stuff because she, she mentioned about buffing and, and and even though we haven't gotten to that point yet gang we know it's coming with with drugs and food but colossal talk a little bit about what because you showed me some stuff i didn't even know was working in game yeah i usually um whenever i do testing i usually test with what they ask us to test and sometimes i do a little bit more i like the small stuff you know um and when food finally came in the game the question i asked was uh, does it affect your overall performance and it does 
um, if you open up your journal, you see a nutrition guide um, in your journal, and it basically details and explains everything about certain types of foods or drinks, whether they're hyperbolic or hypobolic or things like that. And I was going over and reading each one. Like, for example, I saw all these people picking up a coffee mug, filling up that coffee and drinking it. Well, good luck on that because it knocks down your performance in terms of your um, – in terms of your food consumption, because although coffee gives you uh, a, a quick boost, it also knocks you off quickly as well. And you, if you look over to your food and your drink section, you start to see your, your these arrows start pointing down really quickly. And that's because of the types of foods and drinks that you intake and things like that and so forth. Yeah, we know it's not balanced, but the point is it's, it's at least in game right? It's at least in game to where you have to be aware of what you're putting in your body. Don't think that a hot dog is going to keep you full for a long time. Even the hot dogs are not good in game to eat. You need to go ahead and go to Microtech and get one of those, um, what do you call those, uh, those um, um, types of, um, uh, what do you call those drinks, Griff, and Unique? Oh, the, um, they've got the health bars. Smoothies? Yeah, the health drinks. Smoothies. Yeah, those smoothies. Get those. Those are the better types of cons uh, of nutritional products in game because they do allow for longer uh, uh, drinking time and longer uh, 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 times for you not to get going to get something to eat uh, and things like that. So there are a lot of these things that are in game that could positively and negatively affect your performance in game right now. The other thing that I want to go ahead and touch on Griff really quickly, um, the inventory system. If you got the inventory system, you guys were talking mm -hmm. about uh, stocking up your ships and something like that. Maybe they could have something in game that's separate from the actual cargo. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that, or it could be it's supplemental to the cargo, which is when you do start stocking up your ship. Maybe you can look up your your ship uh, um, inventory, if mm -hmm. you will, and see if you can go ahead and stock up certain items, or if certain items may may be a little bit uh, have a different type of weight that would require less space than others, you know, uh, in, in terms of uh, stocking up your ship. Because if you're going to be in a ship like an Endeavor, or you're going to be in a ship like a Merchantman, or even like a Carrick, that's going uh, to basically require that you're out there for, for the long haul, mm -hmm. you're going to need at least enough supplies to at least be able to allow you to stay out there with having, without having to go back into a planet or a space station to go ahead and restock back up. So I think those would be phenomenal if they could go ahead and put that in, in game. I think they are doing that, as a matter of fact. You know, everything that's there right now is like a placeholder. Okay, okay. All right, let's jump down to pharmaceuticals. Um, <laughs> for those of you pharmaceutical distributors or prominent or, uh, prospective pharmaceutical distributors out there, um, we really haven't gotten into this yet with positives and negatives to this. Um, what are some of the things that can be the positives and negatives? I know CIG had posted a little bit of information about what Widow does and what some of the other uh, drugs in the game do uh, beyond just the fact of using it for trade, right? Um, uh, and, and I know, Colossal, we were talking about coffee, something as simple as coffee. I know when you play Seven Days to Die, when you drink coffee, coffee allows you to be out in the cold longer and not be affected Ooh. by the effects of cold. Um, so foods can have that type of impact on you in relation to heat and cold, but I'm curious about pharmaceuticals. Uh, J2, let me jump to you on this one. Uh, where do you see pharmaceuticals beyond trade, uh, the balance in using them in the game? I have no idea where they're planning on going with this, but I hope they plan on doing something really cool because there's there's a lot of material there. Um, buffs and debuffs, I think, are the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. And 
the question that remains though is that in a skill-based game how are buffs and debuffs buffs, buffs and debuffs applied and in what form do they take i mean we obviously know that in star citizen a uh, system of buffs and debuffs like they had in star wars galaxies won't work right you know we don't have health bars like that we don't have stamina bars and mind and we don't need to cure battle fatigue and things like that um so what are they gonna do i mean like Colossal was saying, the um, the food and drinks have certain effects on us. Um, but how how much of an effect does that really have on the way we play? I mean, if I drink, if if I you know am headed out to do bounty missions and I grab a can of of you know fizz versus a thing of water, is that really going to affect my gameplay all that much? Yes, it will. Not it tells a, you. It, t it tells me, but okay, so I got to come back to the station 15 minutes sooner and get another water. <laughs> or you, you, know? you got to go to the, or you got to pee. <laughs> it, exactly. <laughs> you know, right right now, that's all we have. That's the right, only effect right. that it really has is it causes right. me to come back. You know, I got to go looking for food and water right. sooner than I normally would have. Right. I desperately hope in the future that they come up with more ideas and types of status effects that I haven't thought of because mm -hmm. I can't think of many that would be really good in this type of game. Yeah. So this is one area where my imagination falls short and I'm really hoping CIGs is better than mine. I got you. I got you. Uh, Unique, let me go to you on this one. Uh, do you see any place for the positives and negatives with pharmaceuticals? Uh, well, the negatives, I think, would obviously be the drugs and stuff, but you, you get the the value for selling and drug dealing or whatever. Uh, but I think it can extend the food play because a lots of foods and stuff go into manufacturing of pharmaceuticals. Mm. And then I think there are some medical things as it moves into the medical that some of the things will help stabilize you for like those things that they're injecting you have to be manufactured. So from the food into pharmaceuticals or some minerals as well might be part of that, that the mining's happening. But then you make good pharmaceuticals that the medical industry would use. Mm -hmm. uh, and some of them would counter affect uh, pain or something. So say you did, i.e. the death of a spaceman. Uh, every time we say that, everyone thinks about the ultimate end, but say that you got an artificial leg and then there's some healing time and so maybe you are required to take some sort of drugs as a regiment for a certain period of time to get fully healed so that it doesn't slow you down uh, but if you don't take the drugs you might lose say 10 percent of your mobility so you no longer can run as fast and you know what i mean something like that i don't know if they'll do that to that detail but it's, that's not a difficult thing i don't think for them to accomplish in the game yeah. and have pharmaceuticals be part of the gameplay yeah. for production of it yeah i was thinking about something j2 said a second ago and i think j2 i think there could be some uh what are those things that drugs might you know you know anytime you're taking a drug there's that benefit right and then there's that side effect right so let's mm -hmm. say for example you're a sniper i'm just using this as an example you're a sniper and there's always a bit of you know whenever you're trying to use a sniper weapon there's always always a bit of wavering right that takes place and a lot of times we kneel down we stoop down that kind of minimizes it but what if there's something that creates even greater accuracy but it only lasts you know what i mean for like six minutes you know what i mean uh, yeah. and, and, and for those six minutes, I am a killer when it comes to nailing people with headshots. But once that six minutes is up, 
dude, I can barely shoot a, a beer can off a fence. You know what I mean? But I, I needed to yeah. take it just for that short duration to do something. Um, so, it, or it, I think Dark Knight mentions about withdrawal symptoms. You know, what happens when that thing yeah. falls off of you? Um, that that exactly, may last three or four too. minutes, or maybe I just can't run, or maybe I have to rest. I mean, there's a lot of variation in yeah. what they could do, but I love what you said, Unique, about how the manufacturing of food is quite often, you know, what is used. So now, when you've got those biodomes on your Endeavor Colossal, it's not mm. just because you're doing food, but you're also selling that stuff because food might right. be pharmaceuticals, right? That so enhanced let me, medicinal herbs. Yeah, let me translate to you, Colossal. What are your thoughts <laughs> on that with pharmaceuticals? I mean, um, I mean, you better have an EpiPen if that's going to be the case. If you're going to take something that's going to give you a, a quick boost, you better have something that's better, better stabilize that quick boost after you've you've dropped off from that um, that mm. boost. Um, uh, maybe they could put that in there, something like that. Something that's like a neutralizer. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, how about that? There you go. See, I you create a neutralizer. How about that? And um, um, but the other things that uh, could help out with those pharmaceuticals, Griff, is the aspect of limb damage. Mm. That type of gameplay. I think they need to go ahead and just throw that in there. Start off with the typical, you know, the chest, the arms, the legs, mm -hmm. uh, and then maybe they could they could start introducing these types of um, uh, pharmaceuticals that could help out with body injuries, mm -hmm. um, and uh, along with because you got, you already got the foods coming in there right now, and then when you get, bring in these other pharmaceuticals that we're talking about enhancements or we're talking about trying to stabilize something. Um, you know, uh, that would bring another spectrum of gameplay in there if you can go ahead and bring these body damages into gameplay mm -hmm. and then maybe extend it from not just an arm but a wrist or fingers or a toe or amputation. But then you're going to have to bring in your ships. You're going to have to bring in the medivacs and you're going to have to bring in the the cutlass reds and and uh, and, and uh, enhance that type of gameplay with the type of beds, level one, a level two, or a level three mm -hmm. uh, that would be able to help out with that. Okay. That's another way that um, side effects could be an issue. Um, like you were saying, Griff, you take that drug that makes you an awesome sniper, but after you do that for you know a few weeks, maybe you got to go get a replacement heart, mm. or maybe it hurts your circulation to the mm -hmm. point that you start losing fingers. Yeah, yeah, you lose something too much, you know, and, and you yep. start taking actual damage from it. That that's very yeah. cool, and that way you don't get the person who just that's what they always do, right? There is a price. Like anything, right? There's a price for yeah. using it too much over time. That's a that's a really exactly. cool idea. Really yeah. cool idea. Okay. So maybe you're a badass sniper, but you walk around on metal legs because you use that drug too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. All right. Let's jump down to the last one in this category. Next, climate. Um, heat, cold, oxygen, gases, and vacuum. Um, we already got a little bit of issue with heat and cold. Many of us have the issue with oxygen just walking out of the ship. Uh, but gases and vacuum, um, let, let's talk a little bit about those. What is there anything, uh, let me start with you Colossal on this one. Uh, can CIG do more to enhance these or if they're, are they working? Are they broken? What's the scoop with these? Uh, yeah, obviously not working because if you got any types of gas, um, damage, I mean, how many times have you walked around your ship? I'm, I'm sorry. The 890, don't you see the little little fumes and stuff coming out of the little vents? I think <laughs> I think they have gas though, isn't it? Just like vapor, like it's vapor or something like that. I think that's there for a placeholder too, because I believe they do have it uh, 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 to to be in gameplay to where if the ship does receive some type of damage, there is going to be some contaminated areas. Mm -hmm. 
So oh, that, oh, you mean it, like when there's damage? Okay, yeah, like when there's right. damage. Yeah, okay, right. I got you. Right. Okay. When no, no, no. It, it means when you get on your ship in your hangar, that kind of damage. Yeah, you do have. You yeah, that's know, what you, I mean. That's what I mean. When there's yeah. damage. Uh huh. So right. So I don't think that is actually functional right now because even if you got some gas going on in in planets, you should be suffocating. Um, you know, you should be wearing a mask. I mean, let's uh, um, let's look at uh, Hurston for example. Um, Hurston is supposed to have an a-, a breathable atmosphere, but not really. Yeah, it's supposed to be pretty funky. Yeah, it's supposed to be very. You know, there are times where Hurston's atmosphere is breathable, and there are times there are times you're going to have to put that plastic bag over your head. <laughs> so, I haven't seen that case has to be for you to wear a plastic bag on your head. <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen that gameplay yet. Um, so I I think they have the placeholders for it, but uh, you know, but just like they said last week. There have to be several varieties of codes to, I mean, one code activates another and activates another and activates another. Mm-hmm. So they have to put that in there in order for something to be very, very functional. So that's the intricacies of the game. Mm-hmm. But I think that they are um, are trying to establish that as best they can. Okay. Do you, do you like what they have added with heat and cold so far in the game? Yes. Yes. Because, you know, you can, I mean, you, you can get as, as far as negative 270 degrees Celsius. Which, by the way, is absolute zero. Uh, you know, you can go for that Kelvin type deal. Um, or, you know, it does rise up to, you You have to have, um, that's obviously in play because you have to have the certain types of suits. What is it? The, uh, the one starts with the N and the other one is the Pembroke. Right. Um, you got to have Novikov, those types of suits. The Novikov and the, the Novikov Novikov. and the Pembroke. So, yeah, that's in game. That part of stuff is, is in game. Absolutely. Heat and cold, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, unique. Um, they showed us a little a little while back. Uh, it was a, a a dev thing where they showed the uh, a window getting blown out and a vacuum was created. Right, stuff got started getting sucked out. Um, do you think um, that we've got ships right now? Right, like the Valkyrie, for example. One of the biggest complaints about the Valkyrie is is that uh, if you open that back hatch, um, it creates a huge vacuum, and there's an area up above where people can either be sleeping or manning weapons. And they have to always remain with armor on. Uh, I, to me, that's an imbalance. They need to figure out something for that. Um, do you think that vacuum is going to be an issue when it comes to? I mean, sh- should it be something that they implement in the game that you know, you somebody opens a door, you get sucked out? Do you think that's something that they should actually make happen? Yeah. Okay. Why not? I'm not I mean, it know. doesn't happen now. I'm just wondering where you think it should oh, happen. You no, know I mean? yeah, absolutely. If your ship sucks and it's not one of the bigger ships where it's got different bulks, you know, to, okay, to guard not. against those mm-hmm. things, you know, it's pretty much like any origin ship. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to be prepared based on the ship you have. The captain should brief you like you need to wear your suit and your helmet at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we are going to go do these missions and the door is going to open abruptly a period of times and you're going to leave the ship mm-hmm. whether you want to or not <laughs> yeah. with your helmet or without it, <laughs> you know? So I, I think it absolutely should be a part of the thing. And so if uh, they can possibly turn on a way to depressurize the ship, like vent the air, you know, mm-hmm. put your suits on, vent the air and then open the door. But if they open the door and uh, you've got a tunnel way through it and uh, the oxygen can blow out, mm-hmm. you're not hanging on to something out you go. Yeah, um, Jeep man, I see what you're saying about the about the Valkyrie, and I, I agree. Uh, but I also know that there are times when you'll land on a, a, a you know some type of surface where there there's no oxygen, or maybe there's gaseous, 
and I guess my point is, is that the people who are exiting are prepared for it, but that person who's up at the gunner position up top, you know, it forces them to have to be in a suit with a helmet. And I'm just kind of curious. I think Jade made a suggestion about an air wall or what did you, I'm sorry, Jade, I forgot what you, how you described it. I always, I kept saying that they need to put air some type shields. of uh, air shield, right? Because on the on like the cutlass, you've got the, the double prowler. doors, right? They've got double doors, but air shields like on the prowler. Thank you, J2. Something like that at the Valcon, that upper deck. And when you come through that hatch that goes through the floor, they need something like that to kind of secure that area. Um, J2, let me ask you this one. This is kind of a tough question here. Because um, it kind of comes like from the a tough one. So you like the tough ones? Okay. Um, our Moby Glass when we bring it up gives like a status on like what the air is like oxygen nitrogen all that stuff um when they start introducing mm -hmm. gases into the game for example you're getting ready to get off of a ship and maybe you're getting ready to step into a a, a, a moon or a planet that has an atmosphere that is not only toxic but dangerous to you um, maybe because there's some type of acidicness to it that actually starts to eat through your uniform if you stay out there too long. Uh, is that taking it too far in the game? You know, is that going to be something where people are going to be like, okay, that's too real, you know? <laughs> oh, I don't think so. Um, I, I personally like the realism. Um, but I like the realism in a way that plays smoothly. Mm -hmm. Um... Uh, to go back to step back to uh, as an example the um the food and drink system um it's fairly well balanced in game the way it should be problem with me is that it's still clunky to have to to get a drink like i got it if i haven't already you know if i've already purchased it if i thought ahead mm -hmm. Then I've got it there in my armor. I've got to open up my armor. I've got to get it out of my armor. And then I've got to take my helmet off. And then I've got to drink it. Uh, I mean, it's the system for doing it. While, while the mechanic itself is good, the system for doing it is still rough, in my opinion. And um, when we start looking at these other things, you know, I, I am all for the immersion and the realism. I just need a, a, a smooth way, easy way of getting it done. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Thrax. Well, I maybe, maybe Griff, they could produce suits that actually, um, you got, you got, that actually, you know, it, it, once you buy the type of water or something like that, mm -hmm. you just connect it to it and it actually takes the water, to, water from the, uh, without you taking off your helmet. It actually, you're actually getting nourished inside the suit. So maybe there are, maybe exactly. They can, yeah. Maybe they can produce have, that a little bit more uh, efficient dealing with that instead of you taking off your hair. They may be a little bit more expensive, but mm -hmm. at least you won't have to worry about that. Yeah, I have a little thing called a camelback. It's a backpack I fill with water. Right. It's got a little hose that comes up and attaches yep. to my mountain bike helmet. Yep. A right. little straw that comes right in the corner of my mouth, and I just bite down on it. It gives yep. me a squirt of water in the mouth. Yeah. You know, why isn't that in my helmet? Yeah, yeah, I didn't I, think I, about that. You're not wearing a spacesuit. Yeah. Some of you guys got those beer helmets out there. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but that is a good point because if you are in a cave and there's no atmosphere and you got to drink because your meter's going down, you've got to go get on a ship in order to either, you know, to eat or drink to take your helmet off, which right now is an issue. Thrak, I saw your message up there and I appreciate that. Thrak said that, you know, the Valk is a military ship and in most cases, anybody who is in that back area is dressed for battle, even if they're manning those guns. 
so, you know, and there is a blast door, a door that prevents the pilot from catching vacuum being sucked out. So it's just kind of interesting you know, to see how that ship will be used. I, I, maybe that's because I think people use it for everything other than what it's supposed to be used, Thrax. So thank you for, for tossing that in there. Um, let's go ahead and jump down to our last couple categories because we I've got just a couple more to cover, gang. Um, let's talk about ships. Now, this is going to be a little bit different. I'm not going to be talking about balance and ships just as much because we talked about that a little bit earlier. But I do want to talk about real money costs. Um, and I'm talking about for those of you who are backing ships. Uh, let me start with Unique on this one. Um, do you think that the amount of money that CIG has kind of leveled off and, and asking for uh, is justifiable? And, I'm, and, I'm, and I know we back because of supporting the game. It's not because we're buying the ship. I, I get that. I know that. But I remember when the Pegasus came out. Or the Perseus, rather. I'm sorry, not Pegasus. The Perseus. When the Perseus came out, there were a lot of people who kind of flipped because they were like, whoa, $600 for that. Now, there also a whole lot of people bought it, too. Um, what do you think about the, the how the, the numbers that CIG has come up with? Recently, we had to change with the, the 300 and stuff prices going up because the 100 series came out, and some people kind of griped a little bit about that. Do you think CIG is kind of on point when it comes down to these prices for ships? In real uh, money, real money. In real money, no, I think they're floundering around just guessing. You know, um, like I said, they didn't know they were going to put out 100 series ships, so now they got to go back and readjust. So without a whole bunch of thought about what goes in it. Mm -hmm. However, I do think as long as the game actually gets totally made, then the money is worth it. If they don't finish it, then yeah, I'm voting Chris Roberts gets life. <laughs> okay. In prison. Jake, too. What about you? How do you feel about price uh, pricing for ships in the game? Backing them? Oh, they're freaking ridiculous. Okay. It's ridiculous. I mean, they're they're digital constructs, man. They're not real, and we're paying out the ass for them. But we're paying it. I'm paying it. You know. <laughs> I mean, you gotta I can't pay stop people to make them. You gotta pay people to make them. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, I, I justify it with, you know, funding the development of the game. You know, that that's what yeah. I tell myself yeah. every time I buy a new ship. I'm not buying a ship. I'm I'm giving them a little bit of money so maybe they finish the game faster. But they're not finishing any faster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to speed up anything. Colossus but, you know, writing down something. What did it you just write down, Colossus? It makes me feel no. better. <laughs> no. Yeah. Nope. It makes me feel better to look at, you know, every night before I go to bed, I sit down at my computer, I open up the RSI website, and I look at my hangar, and I scroll down, and I look at all my ships, and it's like a warm, toasty blanket, and then I sleep well that night. <laughs> all right, Colossal, let's hear your thoughts on this one. And that is priceless. Just one word, sir. That's it. Just not, uh, well, what do you uh, think? It, no, it is unreasonable or it's reasonable? Which one? I mean, it is unreasonable. Okay. I mean, it's unreasonable. Um, it's just the fact that we choose to spend the money because that's what we know what we're doing with our money. We know that we're helping the game in terms of investment. We know we're trying to help them develop the game. Get that. Okay. But other than that, if you didn't know anything about that, I wouldn't spend a dime and I would just wait for the game to come out and just go ahead and work, uh, work for it. But you know, those of us that knock on wood, I'm so grateful. Um, you know, through whatever God you have or whatever God you serve, that we're that I'm in a position to go ahead and and do that. I mean, at one point in my life, I wasn't. 
So um, we know what we're doing and we know we're helping out with the development of the game. You put that to the side, no, it's definitely unreasonable, definitely. Okay. Well, my vote is, is that it's both. It's reasonable and unreasonable. And it's unreasonable because it's unheard of to do it, first off. But it's reasonable because there are a lot more smarter people than any of us that are here on this show that evidently knew that there would be people who would spend that money. <laughs> so uh, somebody knew that this business plan would work. And eight years later, they are making more money than they have ever made. And that's with all of the claims, all of the refunds, that's with all of the bad articles, that's with all of the accusations, that's with the failures, and yet and still, they are bringing in the money. And so I think that somebody there knows what they're doing. We may not be thrilled about it, but evidently, if you look at it as far as numbers go, the numbers don't lie. And so, would, yeah, it is a stretch. I would disagree with that. Well, I mean, I, I think you, now part, they know, but you gotta, you, you gotta you remember all the way, go back to the beginning, how much money was Chris Roberts asking for? Right. He was only asking for 6 million. I agree. I right. Agree. He put in 2 million. He got 2 million from, an, from the other group of eight or nine people. And mm -hmm. then they said, okay, we want to crowdfund this other 6 million. If y'all give us that, will make this game. And that's all they were looking for. And what happened? After, well, I understand what, what happened. happened. It blew way past it. A lot and of it because it, it was Chris Roberts. And what happened after that? Somebody but the idea that said, he had any idea that it would blow past that. that. I never said that. Wasn't at all. I never said that. He what was I shocked. Said, I never said that. What I said okay. is somebody smarter figured it out. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying somebody yeah, it was at us. some point. No, no. <laughs> we dropped Somebody we dropped a truckload of money on right. top of Chris Roberts and, and, and he what? couldn't and get what? out they from hired, under it. And guess what? They hired some people who knew and projected that exactly. Listen, I'll tell you how, how, how well they've projected. They know when this is going to fall off. Guaranteed. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed know. they know when it's going to fall off. So I'm saying somebody knew what they were doing. Not in the beginning. I agree with you 100% yeah. in the beginning. No way they could have. Nobody would have fathomed that. I don't I think they hired that person until they got $100 million. <laughs> Probably right. <laughs> Probably right. No, when they cut off the $60 million, that's when they, they said, okay, yeah, they were like, uh, it's a different thing. It. This is a different thing. Yeah, somebody said, y'all Nothing and nobody's football. ever done this before. We got to get right. our head around this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, so okay. at that point, yeah, I agree. Maybe they got somebody, but at first, they were shocked. I agree. I agree. I was shocked. So, okay. So let's change gears here. Let's talk about in game costs on ships. Uh, Colossal, I'm going to start with you this time. In game prices on ships. Uh, are they spot on or are they all over the place? They are off. They are off beyond belief. They need to go ahead and skyrocket those those ship prices, because you need to go ahead. Look, if I pay, sorry, I'm I'm gonna reel back from it. Um, a lot of those ships. Some people think they're reasonably priced. Priced, right? The big ones, uh -huh. Uh -huh. but they're big, 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 big ships, mm -hmm. and they mean they may yeah. need to go. A little bit higher because I don't think, as of right now, that with all the stuff that are in game and the, that amount of money that you can get, you can get a couple of million dollars if you're one of those people who sit at home with mom, <laughs> or all you do is just sit at home and you do nothing else but play video games. You can get that money by the end of the week if you played every day, yeah. all day, 17 hours a day, and you could be paying $23 million and get yourself in a hammerhead by the end of this week. 
Mm. I'll see myself. So, I'll do it in a day. Or maybe by in the next two days, Unique was being nice by the day. So with that being the case, they need to throw that price out of the window <laughs> and jack it up. So it, so when you do buy that ship, you know good and well that you put in the time and effort because it's going to take a lot to get that type of a ship in game. But they can't really do that right now because they wipe the database periodically on purpose or not. So you have to do it again and then again and then again. So, Yeah, I was going to say, J2, do you think that's part of the reason why the prices are the way they are? Because we still have to keep them within reach for people to be able to play test? Exactly. That's uh, yeah. That's a point I was going to bring up. Is that they they need to keep. You know, they have to have them within reach for the players in the game currently. And if they're wiping, though, we haven't had a wipe of that level in a while, um, or you know anything like that. They just need, you know they need players. They want as many people buying those hammerheads as they can to find any glitch that may come up with you know the system of buying a hammerhead. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good point. Good point. Unique question to you. This happened a few patches back. Um, CIG decided to implement the insurance claims. And if you remember, the insurance claims jumped in price. They, they went up big. Uh, to give you an example, uh, I, I have an 890, right? For an 890, for me to do an insurance claim, it was going to cost me 45000 AUEC. And I, and it was, that was with an eight hour, it was eight hours. I had to wait eight hours to get the ship back. If I wanted to cut that down, I had to pay 45,000 AUEC and I still had to wait an hour. It wasn't instantaneously brought back to me. I had no problem with that, but there were people who went ape. Now, let me put a waiver in on this, this disclaimer rather. I understand for people who own only one or two ships, how that could be very frustrating that the prices were high. And now they don't even have a ship to earn the money. But but the game eventually, that's the way it's going to be. Eventually, if your ship is gone, you're going to have to hop in with somebody else, borrow somebody's ship, or you're going to have to do some side mission running boxes back and forth on Hurston until you generate the money. But we're not there yet. We're not at that level in the game yet. Um, to, to Colossal's point about the prices of the ships needing to be increased, Chris Roberts said that at one point he was looking at the ratio being very similar to what the ratio is to current battleships, like the price of an aircraft carrier over a battleship, over a destroyer, so on and so forth. Do you think that those, what do you think those numbers would be? Uh, right now, someone mentioned that a hammerhead runs, I think somebody said it's like 22 million. If you were to look at a ship like a hammerhead, how much do you think the value of that ship should be? And how long do you think it should be to get it back once it's been destroyed? <laughs> Oh, uh, well, depends on how it gets paid for, you know, is it insurance paying for it or whatever? I mean, the idea of getting another battleship is the reality is has to be built. Nobody has these things on the shelf. So mm -hmm. it does, it, it does, and it should take some time. Um, the only question is who's paying for it. Are you paying for it? Partial, all of it, or is let's say I've the, got LTI. Uh, LTI is popular. Let's say LTI is popular, right? Correct. And even in the game, you're going to be able to buy insurance. But this is let's say it's an LTI hammerhead, right. and let's say I tricked it out, right? I know that my insurance is going to get me that base ship back. I got to get all my components again unless right. I insure them. So how long should I have to wait? And what's the value? How much do you think that ship should cost if I want to buy it outright in the game? I, I the value I think. In the when the game's out, all the ships should be like 10x. I mean, there's no Ooh. 22 million dollar hammerhead. Ooh. I mean, what 
what kind of warship aircraft. I mean, an F-18 is a, what, I think it's a $40 million aircraft? Mm, yeah. A 747 is an $80 million aircraft. <laughs> okay. Okay. So when John, you see John Travolta flying his thing around, there's some real cash up there. All right. So I think the end game, yes, they need to be a lot harder, uh, a lot harder to get from money standpoint, a mm -hmm. lot higher. Um, but as long as they don't wipe your database. Okay. So, um, and I think, again, they're trying to be more realistic about how things are done. So is there one available? It's come off the line, but maybe it's another solar system. Okay, well, you can hop in and, you know, star cruise liner over there to go get it and pick it up. So there's that time as possible, or does it get delivered to you? So I think there's time if it already exists and can you acquire it uh, in true insurance fashion? Is there a busted up one, but they can repair it and there's time in, in that, you know, or is it brand new, but they manufactured, they, they shouldn't just come out of thin air. Right. You know, okay. um, it takes a while to build these things. And so unless there's uh, a big production plant going on, mm -hmm. um, because you also have to do supply and demand. So if, if we're truly going to have that supply and demand model, there's going to be a lot less demand for say the carriers because People are going to protect them. They're not going to die and disappear as often, and they take much longer to build. So I think it should scale in that for sort of a realistic realm okay. of availability. Okay. J2 and Eve, if you had – are you familiar with Eve, J2? Somewhat, yes. Okay. The biggest ship in there was the Titan, right? It was the, That was the devastating ship. And if I'm not mistaken, to get a Titan built was like three months in real time. Somebody correct me if yeah. I'm wrong because I've kind of forgotten. It's been a little while since I played Eve. I don't know the exact, uh, I, I don't know but if it was, it was three months, time. but I remember it being a significant amount of time. A lot of money and a lot of time, right? So in, in Star Citizen, again, I'm, I'm using the Hammerhead as an example in, in, you know, 22 million. But let's pick any ship you want. Let's pick one of the, a, a, a familiar ship like a Carrick or, whatever. you know, how long do you think people should have to wait? I mean... Common ships like an Aurora, you know, they're like the common ship that every man ship, right? Maybe you don't have to wait so long for that. But what happens once you start getting into ships like, I'm just picking a random ship, Retaliator, uh, a Polaris. What type of wait times are we looking for if that ship is destroyed? I'm talking about destroyed, not repaired. We're talking about, I got to get a new one because it's, it's gone. Tough one. I think it's going to depend on, well, the, obviously the size of the ship. Mm -hmm. I think it should also have a lot to do with the insurance that you have on the ship and the level of insurance. I believe we need, and they have planned, a more Tier. robust insurance system than mm -hmm. what we're working with now. Mm. Um, I don't think we should, uh, you know, you should have a basic level of insurance that gives you back your hull and any components or weapons that you have equipped um, should be uh, a separate, you know, additional to your original hull insurance. Plus, when we're talking about bigger ships, now you're also going to have to uh, account for anything that you had on board, not necessarily cargo, but, you know, maybe you had armor and uniforms for all your crew, you know, weapons, equipment. Um, all that sort of stuff is going to be lost when you lose a ship. Um, what type of insurance, how will we get, is that just a sunk cost? Are those things just lost? Or will we get some level of insurance that'll cover it and get them back for us? Um, prices are still up in the air, but I think that, you know, right now they, they are low. It's, it's too easy to earn the bigger ships. Um, 
you shouldn't uh someone in chat was asking earlier how long they you know we thought it should take for a new player to come into a game and be able to buy amaret um i don't think a new player should be able to come in with just a starter pack and be able to buy amaret <laughs> for a significant amount of time um uh buying a hammerhead is something that should be like several people like an org pool their their funds together and then they buy a hammerhead and use that hammerhead to expand their their what their org does yeah. um a lot of us are jaded you know we we're sitting here and we're buying ships and a lot of us are whales i mean me personally i have a lot of ships insurance things that you know the things with insurance timers and costs don't really affect me right now because i just call another ship mm um but in the long term these are things that you know cig is going to have to look at really good and um get dialed in well and they're on the um they're on the right track i think but uh you know again we're still waiting on so many other game systems and so many things to come into play mm -hmm. um that uh you know it, it's it's tough to say okay. at this stage okay Extreme Menace, thank you for the follow. And Nono Roboto, thank you for the follow. Uh, Nono Roboto made a comment here, and so did Jade. Uh, Nono Roboto said, what if you could get loanerships through the insurance? That would be interesting. You know, uh, maybe you can't get the full-blown version of what you have, but maybe you can get the economy version, something like that to get you around. Uh, Jade talked about how SIPs that are common should be easier to get over time versus other ships. They should use, for example, Jade mentions the uh, Hull C, popular cargo ship, much easier evidently to get than if you're going for like a Hull E, you know, it makes sense that we would, that they would do something like that. Um, the last thing I want to throw at you, Colossal, you've done this before. You tricked out your Carrick and how much did you end up spending when you added all the, comp the premium components to it? It was like how much money? Oh, jeez. I mean, one of the components alone was 200, uh, almost 200 um, uh, uh, AUEC. So I want to say you said so, like about a half billion or something like that. It was a little over a half yeah, billion or something. You're looking, you're looking in maybe, I cannot remember right now, but I want to say you're looking somewhere around almost two mil to go ahead. Two, two and, billion? No, no. Two mil, two mil, two mil to, to go ahead and really um, spread out your, your carry. Don't quote me on that. I cannot remember. But I mean, one of the components alone, just the um, uh, the quantum drive. Million, I'm sorry. Okay. Mm. And the quantum drive is a lot of money. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah, you know, right. Jeep saying cost me over a million to outfit my cat. So, uh, it's a lot of money, Griff. It's a lot of money. And speaking of John Travolta, by the way, you know, I happen to state uh, be born in the area in which he, uh, which he stayed in. He stayed in the Spruce Creek Fly-In. So unique. I've seen his airplane multiple times come in the Spruce Creek Fly-In. <laughs> uh, over there near Daytona Beach because you stay over there at Port Orange <laughs> but um, uh, I mean we we talk about all these things Griff and you're talking about um, uh, insurance so if uh, it, uh, my whole thing you know if, if it was Colossus Utopia I mean I would be I mean a little bit conniving I mean I would mm -hmm. uh, you know maybe jack up the insurance over the weekend <laughs> or, or if any types of major wars are coming up and CIG knows about it, we jack <laughs> up the prices then. Or, or it doesn't have to be insurance, so the price of ships could go up too, though. Well, that's fine. Yeah. That, that's fine. You mm -hmm. know, jack, jack it up then because you know a lot of people are going to be losing. The question is, how are you going to take the ship out? <laughs> so, you got to do all so, that. Yeah. So the idea that paying 
more insurance speeds up the returning of your ship that's being manufactured, I think it's bogus to no end. Mm-hmm. Um, insurance only pays for what's being built. Mm-hmm. Now, if they convert the additional pay to greasing the palms, bribery or something, <laughs> I could see that so you could get put into the front of the line. But I don't like it being tagged to insurance. I don't think that's real at all. Mm-hmm. An insurance company cannot get your car rebuilt any faster than anybody else's. Right. So the so the next question is how long is 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 your you know the, how long is your ship going to take to get built? You know, well, I mean, if you if you're valuing those ships and things like that, I mean, in an egregious I world, think that's Tony's well, that's, realm with uh, yeah, that's what's available world. materials, logistics, mm-hmm. that whole thing going on. Right. Um, so, are the materials available? Where are you in the pipeline? Uh, right. Made are the components available to be purchased and or do they have to be manufactured? I mean, what does it take for you to get a new Ferrari built for you since they're pretty much handmade? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it's what, not going to go any faster. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at or hoping what they will do is where the ship manufacturers are, where their yards are, that's where you got to go pick up your ship, not this just popping yeah. up in your, you know, your screen that the ship is there. Um, I'll give you some numbers and ideas for me, from me. And this is just random guys. Cause we don't have a, a bar. I'm just trying to give you an idea of a ratio. Um, if you have a ship like a fighter or a common fighter, uh, I, I have no problem with having to wait, uh, hours for something like that. Um, or a day even, you know, maybe you can reduce it down to hours if you decide to pay a little extra to expedite. But beyond that, I think it, a day would not bother me at all for anything that's a common ship. Um, and, and I'm talking about anything from an exploration ship like a Dur, whatever the case may be. It doesn't have to be a fighter, just any type of ship like that. Once you start getting into the larger ships, once you start getting into um, Perseus. Um, wow, Digital Justice, thank you for the raid of 42. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you, Digital Justice. And welcome, uh, folks from Digital Justice. We are talking about... Uh, creating balance in the verse. And right now we're talking about insurance claims. Um, and so um, if you got into the larger ships and when you start talking about anything like a, a oh God, I don't know, what's a bigger ship? A constellation, right? A constellation in real time, waiting for that ship to come back. It wouldn't bother me if I had to wait a, two days for that ship, unless I expedite. If I expedite, How about an Idris? I can cut the time down. An Idris? Or- you don't want to hear my Idris number. My my Idris number would probably be something like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. About I mean, two weeks. You being great about real time. And I, I am being gracious because I could go further than that. Yeah, I could go a to, to a uh, month. I could go out to a month. Because you know how it is in East. So, I mean, first, you're like, oh, yeah, two minutes to go ahead and learn this skill. Three yeah. minutes to learn this skill. 20, 30 days? Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, when you start I, getting into ships like that, capital class ships, then because what you're starting to do is deal with risk versus reward at that point. You're really thinking about when you want to take a ship out like that, if I lose it, what are the ramifications of it? And it also mm-hmm. minimizes how many of them you have in the verse. You don't have everybody and their uncle flying certain ships around because if it's out there, it's out there for a purpose and it's out there because you really believe you're going to bring it back home. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, I think that they're going to have to come up with what those real numbers are over time. But uh, for me, I, I, I don't have a problem with them putting those numbers in. And if my ship's gone that long, if I don't have the money to expedite it, uh, then guess what? 
I'm going to have to hop in with somebody else or work one of my other ships or I'll figure out something, you know. But that's, I would that's not be opinion. surprised, Griff, if they, since they're putting this reputation system in and they got all these different type of categories mm -hmm. for one particular, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe like a Donnie, uh, uh, a Clovis Donnelly, um um, a contract would earn you uh, a three, maybe a three or a five or a ten or twenty percent expedition mm -hmm. on your um, your ship getting built. Mm -hmm. um, if you were, you know, I, I mean, they, they got all these other things. I wouldn't be surprised if they put that in type in some type of rep uh, um, reputation um, Ooh, uh, wow. bonus. Or that would be nice, wouldn't it? Ten percent well, well, if you could go ahead. Yeah, you know, reputation could help with something like that. And to so Unique's point, even if there's a greasing of the palm in some form, that you can right, figure yeah. out a way for something like that to happen, that kind of moves you a little bit further in front. Like basically, depends on how deep your pockets are at that point. All right. Mm -hmm. So right? taking so taking realism, a manufacturer can only manufacture an amount of whatever they do in mm -hmm. a certain amount of time. That's it because that's their production thing. Yeah. So if they're manufacturing ships and say they can only do four Idrises a month, mm -hmm. and all of us lose our Idris, well, all of y'all, not me. Um, <laughs> but four of them disappear. So uh, if we're at different stages of needing that Idris back, uh, there's people in front of us, right? Mm -hmm. Theirs is already being built. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't it be that you could have that list and then go talk to the person and work a deal out where you swap slots? Because if I don't need my Idris back any particular time, you could pay me for my slot mm. if I'm ahead of you. Mm. It should go to the other player who has the slot, right? Not just fabricated greasing of the palm for NPC XYZ. Yeah. They didn't lose a ship. Who the hell are they? Right. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about in the sense of like, if I went to RSI and, and literally paid to have my yeah. ship expedited, but I get what you're saying. I, you know, again, here's the thing, right? And everybody knows this. Chris always talks about this. We can take it to as real as we want to, but it always has mm. to be dialed back to when it stays fun. Right. And so it's I think be... interacting with other players to get those slots no, no, would be fun. Yeah, don't get me wrong. You're right. But then right. the problem is, when do you communicate with that person? What happens if that person only plays the game once and then it doesn't come back for two months and I don't know when they're in the game? I get it. I Trust me, I do. I love the fact of a much more person-to-person -person interaction over an NPC. I think all we were just trying to say yeah. is that we're yeah. in the future. We know that the risk versus reward with taking out ships and this insurance, because people went crazy. When these claims came on, people went nuts. But listen, it's coming, gang. It really is coming. That insurance thing is going to be very real. The price of ships is going to increase. Um, so start, the, and they've already said, and I remember them saying this with CIG at some point, for those of you who've purchased ships now, you're going to be thankful <laughs> that you got them at the value you did because later they're going to go up. In the, words up in, the, in the words of the late, great Kenny Rogers, you better know when to hold them. <laughs> know when to fold them. No when to walk away. Yeah, I know. I know. No when to buy LTI. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I don't know who, I can't remember who it was. It wasn't Kita. Somebody was joking around in chat and saying, oh, it was Blackbird bits that this stream started out so positive. I know, Blackbird. We didn't mean to put a, a cloud over this aspect of it, but we did want to talk about balance in, in the game. And of course, I'm going to kind of, we're going to wrap it up. We're not going to hit this last cat thing, guys. I'm going to wrap it up, uh, but I do want to talk about the fact that please understand that much of what we said today is based upon the game that we currently have, as well as the game that has been theorized and projected to what we have in the future. And these are just suggestions and ideas and our observations of, of where we think, what are the things that could make the game better in the end? 
Um, and, and again, there's there's so much stuff that has to be worked out still with CIG. This is an alpha, and even to be having this conversation in an alpha game is amazing to me that you can even get this deep. But it also shows that, you know, where Star Citizen may be very, very narrow, it does have a lot of depth. So hopefully a lot of these things that we talked about today will be, we know they'll be ironed out in the future, okay? Um, okay, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Let's uh, bring it home. Uh, J2, thank you for coming tonight. You were the man. You did a 24-hour spin around and showed up and gave us your logo in the background and hung out with us and everything, <laughs> which I really, really appreciate. Um, I, real quick, I, I just want to mention again, folks, we talked about the charitable giving uh, for uh, the fundraiser that was being done. We were, I don't know if did we cross the line for 11,000? Let's see. No, we just came short of it by 35, well, $135. I said 35, it's $135. I was hoping we could have crossed the line for 11,000 tonight, but that's okay. Some of you did give, and we really appreciate the fact that you guys gave toward the charity. If you haven't had a chance to look at it, I'll put the link back in again, and you guys can uh, take a look at it uh, sometime this evening, hopefully. Uh, J2, tell everybody where they can find you and uh, your org. Tell them a little bit of something about you. Oh, you can't find me anywhere. I hide. <laughs> well, you can tell um, them about your <laughs> No, you can find me in uh, in Vector Twenty Seven Discord. Um, uh, we can get a link up there. Uh, Channel Twenty Seven News will be coming back uh, pretty soon. Within the next few weeks, we'll be starting that up again. Um, you'll be able to find me there. Uh, J Two Smiling Viking, just like it says on there, up here on Twitch, on YouTube, on Spectrum. Contact me anywhere. Mm -hmm. And J2 hangs out with us on Friday Night Live and the show. He's been really a great supporter of us. And uh, I've, I've known him because of the work over at Channel 27. A bunch of great folks over there at Vector 27. And J2, again, thank you for being here tonight. We really appreciate it. Oh, man, it. I had a blast. I will come hang out with you guys anytime. Well, we loved it. We loved it. We loved it. We loved it. Uh, Colossal, what about you? Where can people find you? Well, uh, before I tell them where they can find me, again, thanks to J2 for showing up. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. You're always welcome to join us. Unique, always a good time to spend with you and Griff. Always, always definitely a good time to spend with you as well. Uh, you won't find me anywhere because I teach. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, it's a, it's a hell of a season going on right now. We're in testing mode, so I basically will not be on that much. But if you do find me on, you'll be you'll be seeing me hanging out with the Test Squadron, Best Squadron, uh, Oregon, uh, and, uh, and Star Citizen. Other than that, You'll find me here either on Friday Night Lights or you'll find me at Soul Citizens. Mm -hmm. Very cool, very cool. And last but not least, Unique, tell some folks about you. Where can they find you? Well, basically, you'll find me here on Soul Citizens. Uh, one day you'll find me on Friday nights. Uh, I've been meaning to stop by, but my schedule has just been so hectic. I haven't been able to do it as I basically work two jobs right now. Uh, but in the future, in a future announcement, hang on with me. I will announce a new website that I am constructing. And uh, you guys, if you're into uh, making money, <laughs> you'll be able to uh, go there and uh, join me in my endeavors to pull money out of thin air. Yes, um, he's being shy about this, but he's been working on some stuff with Bitcoin and he's been doing really great. So y'all check out Unique. He's got a company. He's a really good guy and uh, he's, he's, he's very nice to share information and all that good stuff. So y'all look him up. He's a good guy when it comes to that. He's a real good tech head too. Um, yep. <laughs> all right. And uh, by the way, uh -huh. J2, pleasure being on the show with you. Thanks. 
putting up with my jokes. It's, they're all just jokes. If anything offended you, it's just to make. Oh no, you can't are. offend me, man. I, I am. I... <laughs> yeah. Listen, don't apologize to him. He talks about origin all the time, so you can lay into him anytime you want to. All right. Oh yeah. <laughs> We're on the same team then. <laughs> <laughs> okay on that note thank all of you for those of you who follow today for the raids from digital justice uh thanks for you who subscribe mad style as always thank you uh we hit 900 followers tonight which is awesome Ooh. we are nice. just 100 away from 1000 nice and so we really appreciate that and those of you who uh follow us on twitter on uh where, where are we at we're on twitter we're on um uh instagram and of course youtube so subscribe to those follow us on those if you have the time to do so uh make sure you visit us on friday nights too friday night live is our all night talk show where you get to come into discord with us and talk to us and we get to hear your thoughts about star citizen where we sit back and let you guys kind of have the floor kind of like the old days of calling a radio station and letting the dj let you talk so that's friday night live so hopefully we'll see you guys on then cyber prime primal wow cyber prime primal i can say that fast thank you for the follow we appreciate it and uh yeah let's go ahead and do this it's time for our raid uh x zero thank you thank you for that as well yeah we're gonna do a raid we're gonna raid somebody new tonight raid? let's raid jet set i have never seen jet set before so we're gonna pump that out you guys yell at jet set only has 18 viewers uh encourage her give her a shout uh, let her know you came from Soul Citizens, and um, you guys take care of yourself, stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, peace, love, and soul. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. Bye, guys. See you.